catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Recorded live. Love that guy. <laughs> I could listen to him all day, I think. I finally got a, an email. I, I lost my email for about six months, and it just happened to be a coincidence that I found something today and managed to get into my email, and I finally got some uh, letters back from Talk Shoe explaining to me how to delete my old shows, you know, that I started up and things didn't work out, and so I tried a new one. So I had two or three extra ones there that were just enough to cause confusion anyway. So I finally was getting some, you know, some things back from these people. No wonder I was wondering why they never got back to me. It was because it was in an email that I couldn't retrieve. Technology, eh? And they make things so complicated for you. They said, in order for me to retrieve my emails, and which was months ago, they said that I had to tell them what some of my most recent um, email conversations were or, or who they were with or who was subjects of my email. And I thought, how am I? I can hardly remember last week. I can hardly remember yesterday. <laughs> and they expected me to remember who was, who, who, you know, who was conversation, you know, who I had conversations with in my emails like months ago. I thought, okay, I've lost that account for sure, but I just happened to get it back. For, and I, I got a letter from Brian, actually. Brian sent me a, an interesting video on cancer, and I, I just started listening to it tonight, but it's about an hour long, so I'll have to thank Brian for that. I think it was November he sent that to me. So, anyway, enough of that baloney. How's it going, Terry? Terry's not on, is he? Yes, he is. Hi, Terry. Hello, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm at your recording here. You're at. I can't be in it. I'd be trespassing. True. True. You're at. Anybody got any interesting subjects to talk about tonight? Well, they don't have to be interesting, just educational. Learning process. But they're all interesting. What you, Mike? You got something itching on your brain? Uh, No, nothing really new and exciting. Yeah, me either. Well, I am. Um... I managed to. So I can't hear you, Terry. You got such a soft voice tonight. And, no, I'm just. You know, I spent months and months listening to Carl, so now I'm, I'm in the confirmation part. Kind of. Oh, uh, yeah. you, you listen to him talk, and then you can read stuff online and see. Okay, I see. Yeah, it's nice to get the confirmation because now. You have something to argue. Right. 
I'm yeah. sorry I interrupted you, so please go ahead. No, 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 it's, no, nothing. I'm just babbling just for something to, to do, but you got some some points of things that are working for you, and that's it. that's interesting, yeah. Yeah, you can hear information and hear information, but until it finally, you know, like you say, get, get confirmation of it and, it and it becomes a part of you, um, it's hard to use something unless it's, you know, part of your soul. Yeah, there's lots of misdirection out there. I think that's the loudest I've ever heard you. Really? Yeah, yeah, you're nice and clear now. Okay. Yeah. I don't know, my headset's getting old, so. Sounds that's like you're right, right now. Sounds like you're right beside us. Technically, it's it's on my face. <laughs> it's on your face. That's right. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it's just, I've been noticing, I've been to court, and you, you hear what Carl has to say, you start saying certain words, and they start looking at you funny. But I haven't had anybody come up to me and said I was doing some OSPCA, or, well, they they certainly tried doing that crap, but there's no evidence of it. Doing what? That OSPCA, or whatever, the, uh. Yeah, vexatious litigants. Oh, did you read that article? No. <laughs> Where was that one posted? Um, uh, somewhere I I could post it, but it talks about all those free man on the land type documents that people put in, and there's this one judge who uh, gave his opinion, and it was really freaking big opinion on how to deal with these people. But mostly what they'll do is they'll stamp like copies of files that you put into a court as received rather than filed. Because mm. they just don't want to accept it, but they're going to accept it. But then they're not really going to do anything with it. So, yeah. But most of their stuff's pretty outrageous. Like all these people are going into court and saying, you know, I'm immune, I... You can't touch me and all this other stuff. But if you take it from a different... I think it's a terrible idea to write affidavit of truth or claim a right at the top of your paperwork nowadays. I don't know. I can just see court staff reading a piece of paper that says claim of right and just scrap it. Yeah, notice is good enough. <laughs> you know, so many people are, are so hooked on having to explain themselves just because people ask questions. And they're just doing it to, to get you to trip on your own words. You know, just say like- what you can say. I think one of the best tricks a clerk of the court has is to just question you at all, no matter how, just question you. and Everybody seems to go home in a snit and that didn't work. And they just quit. 
really, it's not even part of their job description. I think they're just, they're hired to put there to kind of keep people from filing paperwork. Yep. Well, all they're supposed to be doing, as far as I know, is checking, make sure there's two parties on there, make sure there's a date, make sure there's uh, some kind of a claim or whatever, if all the important ingredients are on there, which you could check in like 10 seconds. Just file the friggin' thing. Yeah, the claim doesn't need to be a hundred frickin' pages either, you know. Yeah, Bob they're not. Kick my dog. I require five hundred dollar compensation. Look, I got a picture of a uh, Bob kicking my dog. Yeah, they're not supposed to be reading the body of your document, and they're certainly not supposed to be making legal or judicial determinations, giving legal advice and all that other crap they love doing. Yeah, and that's where the I was trying to talk about that on Skype. How to argue against that. Instead of stating that, you know, the rules don't apply to me, just state that I'm in full compliance of the rules. Now you make a claim that my my stuff is uh is not in compliance to the rules. And now you, Miss Clerk, has gotta prove that. Because uh, interfering with your right to use the court and the fact that she can't give any legal advice, that means she can't make any legal determinations either. She just has to make, yeah, exactly. She just has to make sure that, you know, there's two parties, uh, there's a wrong and there's a date. Really, there's not much else. And a signature. So what would you do in that situation? Would you ask the clerk some questions when she starts questioning you or reading the body of your your uh, your claim or stuff like that? Would you ask her questions? You know. Well, the, well, that's the whole point. We're not supposed to be asking them any questions because they're not allowed to give you any legal advice. That's what I mean. If she started giving you legal advice, uh, you know, would you say something like, "Are you giving me legal advice?" Well, first of all, my opinion is people shouldn't be going into court and filing them in person anyways. They should be sending them in the mail, registered or certified, with a a letter with very clear instructions. Take my originals, take as many copies as you need, file, time stamp it, and send me my originals back. Even send them a send them a prepaid certified or express post tracking number envelope. If you give her all the documents, all the instructions, and you give her an envelope with a tracking number already paid to send it back to you, then she's going to have to have some kind of a good reason for not doing her job. And if she does, send her a letter back immediately. That way, all she has to do is take your documents, stamp it, take copies of it, put your originals back in the envelope you've provided, and send it back. As a tracking number, you can see your letter coming back to you. 
get a third party impartial impartial man or woman to mail it for you. That way they can't say that you sent an env- empty envelope because now you have a, a witness saying what they put in the envelope and they'll even have a copy of it. You can even get your third party impartial mailer to initial the bottom corner of your document showing that that third party has actually seen the documents and held them in their hand. Then you're, if, if I doubt they would even question it, but if they did, then your third party witness would take the stand and say, yes, I mailed those documents myself. I, I put them in the envelope. I have a videotape of me putting them in the envelope and handing them to the lady at the post office. Here's my initial on the bottom of the page. And this I have in my hand is an exact copy of the documents I placed in the envelope. You're going to have a hard time getting around that in court. Yeah. But if you send it certified or registered mail, the only thing I could think of that they could say is that uh, it doesn't comply with civil procedure rules. The only thing I could think of that they could say is that... Uh, Somebody's got to mute out their computer. I think that would be uh, Cheyenne. I know. I walked away. I have a. I have a. Um, a form that you can actually do that with the courts and with the uh, post office. Actually, it's basically with the post office. What kind of a form? They just, it, it just shows whatever you mailed, and then they end up signing their signature. Hmm. wonder if that's new. I never heard of it before. Oh, uh, no, I end up, I end up having that for years now. Do you know what that's called? I would have to find it. Sounds like a pretty but good basically, idea. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's a great idea. You just take that along when you when you mail stuff, let them see what it is, and then they sign. That should be around my um Pennsylvania tax that you are not liable for uh tax. So you end up buying I don't know, sweatpants. You're not liable for that tax. So that should be around that area. Also, Sonia, uh, today is... Mike, what's today? State. State. (laughs) It's all the same day to me. Um, I know. I don't want to walk into my computer because then I'll get feedback. um, Yeah. January 23rd. I'm not much of a speaker or talker, and I figure for me to explain the date and the time and that it's already on the, the original page back there, you know, like when it tells the past shows, the date's there. So that's kind of why I, you know, don't. Okay. Today's the January 23rd, I guess. Yep. Okay. Friday at 718.3 quarters. 
<laughs> and Mike, I end up calling um, the um, for the code folks because I want to I want to uh, start to get working on that. So I got uh, the police station yesterday, and then I got the township yesterday, and they kept on going back and forth. So today I end up getting the. Um, so-called solicitor, because that's who I was working or trying to find out. But actually, he's mean? a lawyer slash. Hold on, hold on. What do you mean you're you're getting them? Okay, I'm. Is, maybe is I code, you said I got the code folks the other day. I got the police. Blah blah blah. What do you mean by you got them? I was just basically trying to find. Who who was the solicitor or who was representing? So you mean you're writing Ron, Ron and Deb? No, I did that in phone call. So today I end up getting from the senator, who is also a, an attorney for the township, and he told me that Ron and Deb they are not represented by a lawyer. They go in by themselves. I was shocked on that. Yeah, but it doesn't mean anything because it's not on paper. It didn't happen. Well, Ron or Deb never answers me, answers me back. There's also a difference between self-represented and unrepresented. Well, then I'll wind up writing Tim. See, none of this, none of this makes a lick of difference because it never happened. Nobody said anything to you. There was no phone call. Nobody said anything. It I doesn't appear. On, if it doesn't right. appear on paper, it didn't happen. That's what I just said. I'll end up writing Tim back, and he is also the lawyer for the township, and he is also the senator for the township. You see, if you called me up, I could tell you on the phone that I'm going to give you a million dollars and I'll put it in the mail tomorrow. And then when you call me up three days later, I'll say, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then you'll write me a letter saying, remember when you said you'll give me a million dollars? And I'll say, nope, sorry, I don't recall. And so your letter means nothing now. Correct. So I'll end up writing to him and Ron and Deb again. Ron and Deb doesn't, they don't respond. It seems this guy does. But he lied to me over the phone. Of course he, he did, because it's over the phone. It's not in writing. Except uh, Mike, gonna, Mike, I get it. I get the prosecutor's going to tell you, take this deal or I'm going to shove a gun in your mouth and blow your freaking head off. There is no prosecutor. Apparently, it's just Deb and Ron. You totally missed the point. Never mind. Mike? You're going to be on these shows every week telling us all these stories that don't make a lick of difference because you're phoning these people, you're emailing these people. It's not going to do anything. You can't be walking in and yapping to them. It's going to get you nowhere. It's just causing more confusion and more headaches. It takes it takes 30 seconds to think of a two-line letter. You ask one simple question. Thank you for your letter, 
and ask them one simple question. And for some reason, everybody has to jump on the phone. Everybody has to jump in their car and drive to the courthouse. Everybody has to send an email. It's blowing up in everybody's face constantly and nobody gets it. You're wasting your time with phone calls. Almost, I would say 80% of the time you're using the phone, it's just a waste of time. If you're going to have to follow up with a letter, why not just send a letter? Did you hang up on me? No, I didn't, Mike. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not trying to be rude. I was, but I, I was just giving the response. What I got today, I was surprised that these co-folks are not represented by a lawyer. That's the person I was trying to find. Then did I got say, a phone call from the senator, and he was actually being a cock. And he wanted to know how much I was I was cleaning up. And he ended up telling me that the judge gave me the extended time till April, which is false. Because all I asked the judge was for extended time to do to do this in the administrative side on the private side. So yes, Mike, sometimes email and phone calls, you got to do. So far as writing, how I'm writing, I'm writing galore. You know, when I call, when I give a call, when I call people, it's usually to make sure that I get the name spelled correctly and I get the address of the office. Okay. Other than that, I don't call. I normally don't either. It's, I've been writing. It's, the, it's the liability. They know they won't be held liable if they're just going to talk to you on the phone. Because chances are you're not going to have a recording of it. But if it's on paper, well, shit, it's got their signature on it. Well, a lot, not in a ten, a lot of times they don't sign. Then send it back and tell them they forgot to sign it. Yeah, it's not a proper offer if it's not signed. Greetings, Bob. Thank you for your letter. I noticed there's no signature. Kindly sign this and send it back to me. Can't be verified in court. It's anybody could have wrote that. Correct. I'm I'm doing a lot of letter writing, and they are getting back to me very fast. Who cares? I've been saying this like crazy. I don't give a shit if anybody ever replies to me. I got proof that I mailed you a letter. You got it. I don't care if you respond. Actually, hopefully you don't respond. Well, Mike, usually you would say if they didn't respond, then you did something incorrectly. Mm, Not always. It depends on the situation. But if if I have proof that I sent you a letter and you cannot prove you responded to it, you're in dishonor. So I don't care if you respond. Before, you used to say that you, you've done it incorrectly. Well, a non-response is a response. 
technically. What you're looking for is an answer. Correct. But see, if I if I if I write a letter saying greetings, Cheyenne, stop, blah blah blah, because you're causing me harm, and I send it registered or certified, and then now I have a printout from the internet that you actually signed for it. Now I prove that you got it, and I told you that you're causing me harm. If you don't respond and you keep doing what you're doing, I'll send you another letter, maybe another, depending on the situation. But I'm going to have proof that I notified you one, two, three, four times, maybe ten times, and you didn't stop what you're doing. And so now I go into court and I say I I sent Cheyenne ten different letters. Let her know she's causing me harm. I asked her this, I asked her this, I asked her this. She wouldn't answer my questions. She wouldn't stop it. She's had more than fair warning. And now you're going to be standing there in court looking like a serious asshole because you've gotten full warning several times that you were that you were causing harm and you didn't stop. And now you're standing in court with no proof that you responded to any of it. That's going to put you in a pretty bad position in court. A lot of people, they write a letter, they don't get an answer, and they they stop writing letters. Oh, that didn't work. Then they move on to something else. Then they're going to get the same reaction everywhere they everywhere they go. The word's probably out already that Cheyenne's not following up with the letters. We just we just have to tell her to go away, and she'll go away. No, I just, I have till April, so that's where I wanted to see who was the lawyer, and I was actually surprised that they were not represented by a lawyer. But see, you don't have it in writing, so I can't be sure exactly. Correct, I'll get it in writing. Hold on, hold on, you got to let me talk. I don't, it wasn't in writing, so I don't know exactly how he worded it. But there's a difference between representing themselves, unrepresenting themselves, have an attorney represented by the Crown. Because doesn't have a lawyer is, is a pretty general statement. I will follow up, Mike. Because I was actually really shocked on that. I don't remember exactly what's I don't know all the details with uh, Dave's case, Dave the Butcher, but he got a letter once saying that the Crown was not representing the Board of Health. And I can't remember, there was some kind of weird situation going on there. I'm not really sure how that worked out, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have a lawyer. But that's why it's got to be in paper, because the paperwork said... Uh, Her Majesty the Queen versus Dave, and then they were, and then he got a letter saying that Her Majesty the Queen was not representing the Board of Education. So there was something going on there, which is good that he was sending letters because he's got a paper trail of them talking in circles. They told him that he was given the orders, he complied with his orders, and the orders were rescinded, whatever that means. And then later on, they told him that he didn't comply. So 
So he's got conflicting paperwork from them, which looks bad on them. They don't even know what they're doing. But when they say all kinds of stupid stuff, as long as they're saying it on paper, you're golden. When they're saying stupid stuff on the telephone, it's not going to fly in court. But if I say, if I say, I'm going to kick you in the face next time I see you, you send me a letter saying, hey, did you say you're going to kick me in the face? I'm just going to say no. Yeah. And that, that beautiful threat doesn't even exist now. You got nothing. That's why Dave's probably in a better position than he could have been in because he did everything on paper. So he's got somebody saying this and somebody else saying that, and then this guy saying something different than he said before, and all their all their screwy uh, all their screwy notices and letters are going to look bad on them in court. Because they're going to wiggle out anywhere they can. You're probably not going to like this, but you should be putting your letters and notices and stuff on Skype so people can help uh, tighten them up a bit. Get rid of the extra. Make sure you're not forgetting anything. Making sure you're not using any legalese terms. I think Skype's one of the best tools we have. Exchanging information sharing documents, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think you're right there, Mike. I don't know a whole lot about Skype, but I think you're right. It seems to be, and you'd know it better than, than I do. But Well, I can, uh, I can write a letter to somebody right now, and I can type it into Skype, or I can do it in Word or something and then put the document in Skype and everybody can look at it. And if I got if I got a hundred people looking at it, looking for weak spots in my document, then I can just make all the uh corrections. I don't have to take everybody's advice, but I take the advice I like and I've got a hundred people attacking the weak spots. And I can make a serious document with the help of all my friends anywhere on the planet at any time of day for free. Are you on Skype, Shane? Yes, she is. Hey, guys. This is Mark and Elena. Hey, Sonia. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mike. Hey, Terry. Hey, hey Shane. Hey, uh, Sonia, uh, the reason I'm cutting in is Al on the other side of the, Hi, the continent. Thank you. thank you very much. Is um, looking for uh, a way to get some seeds to you. Yes. 
Yes, I am. Did you get that? I've, I've been conversing uh, with Maureen, and uh, she actually called me last night, but it was about 12.30, so I didn't get out okay. of the quick enough to get home. But, uh, and I, I emailed her today with some information, my mailing address and stuff, and I was going to call her tonight. What is that, three hours difference in, in British Columbia from in comparison to here? Yeah, they're three hours behind us. Okay, okay. Well, if you guys let me go early enough, I might be able to call her at 11. <laughs> it's our fault. Yes. I, <laughs> I e- emailed her back, and I said, oh, I forgot the talk show's on tonight. I, and I said, you know, the talk shows are, like, long. <laughs> I said, so I might talk to you tomorrow. Anyway, um, yes, thank you. Thank you, Marco. We've we've been finally connecting, and it took some time. I guess apparently um, I'll had court this morning, so they're... You know they're they're really uh, been, they've been busy and in in touching and she was telling me about it uh, last night at twelve thirty on my my answering machine and then she called back again this morning and she said I hope I've got the right <laughs> the right answering machine she's given out all this information on the the answering machine eh oh blah 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 and uh, so I guess they're they're quite worried they were quite worried today so hopefully God willing everything's went well for them today because. She was telling me, and I'm presuming you already know, she was telling me that uh, they wouldn't let him make a claim. They put out some sort of a notice that don't let don't let him uh, make his own claim. So they, they I guess, they, I don't know anything even about their case. Use no more. I don't remember anyway. Um, I'm not on these shows enough, you know, to be on top of everything. But uh, but uh, they were quite quite worried that today he might end up in trouble. If they put out a notice telling people not to accept his paperwork, that sounds like conspiracy to me. Yeah. Yeah, a judge, I read the thing on Skype that uh, Al put, apparently the judge put a a notice to all the court clerks not to accept any claims that have I, a man, in them. Yeah. (laughs) That's what she was saying. Yeah. So I uh, I made a comment that, uh, well, that, that public servant is accepting and or bearing all liability for any harm that comes to a man that's trying to access the court. Well, you know that uh, that document I was telling you about there, Mike, about the uh, OPCA litigants, well, those frivolous yep. filers? Yep. That's the same justice that Al has, the same guy. Let's get him. Justice Rook. He's the one that gave his, his long-winded opinion on how all this frivolous filing is garbage. He's an Alberta judge, correct? Yep. I actually uh I actually read yeah. the damn document and a lot of that crap that they put in there is is completely ridiculous. Who's his boss? I don't know, he's the chief justice. I have no who's idea who his chief, boss is. Who's the boss? Yeah, if you find out who the boss is the chief justice is, you can write him a letter. This guy that Al's talking about, or the guy Al's dealing with, he's probably Chief Justice of something. So there's going to be another Chief Justice above him somewhere. Right, whoever his boss is, write him a letter, and uh, you're failing to train and monitor your employees. And it's causing man harm. 
like I would guess maybe the Attorney General of Alberta might be the guy to go to. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's a bunch of people in government. I don't really know what they do, but uh, I think the lieutenant governor's got some important jobs. Well, it depends on what what level of court he's in. Is he in provincial court? I think he's in... I don't know. He's in Calgary, Queens bench. I don't really know what that means. He's in the big courthouse in Calgary. In the city, remember he was uh, um, yeah, and it's intimidated. Called, yeah, it's called Queen's Bench. I'm guessing it's our equivalent of Queen's Bench Division, but I'm not really sure. I think that's like the Superior Court equivalent here in Ontario. Yeah, I know it's weird because some provinces have Queen's Bench and some don't. Well, usually in the provincial matters, you know, the, the lower courts is where they usually deal with petty stuff. And I think he got bumped up. Yeah, I don't know. Before I really, uh, before I really knew much of this stuff, I remember looking around on the internet for a uh, court of record in Ontario and found all kinds of crazy conflicting stories, but uh, I remember I think it's on both Wikipedia and the Attorney General's website where it talks about the uh, about the High Court of England They came over here and then the High Court switched and then merged or something. There's a big history about it, but yeah, I, I, always... I read that document too. It was it was pretty difficult to follow. I remember thinking at first that it was the courts of justice that was the court of record and then I remember after that thinking it was the superior court of justice where the court of record is. Now I'm not 100% sure. Well, a good way to find out is to is to look at their forms. If if they already have one of the parties as her majesty already written out there, and technically, you're not in Queen's Bench. Now, can I uh, ask a question in the form, I guess, court record, meaning the magistrate is separate from the tribunal for Black's Law? Is that the same court record that you're thinking of when you say court record? It has to. Well, it has to be. Because you got to order that, or you got to explain that in your paperwork when you require a court of record. CF, you know, Black's Law, where the magistrate, you know. Yeah, there's the, the court of record generally has a seal, the magistrate's separate from the tribunal. Um, I forget there's four of them. I always forget what they are. I, I can't. I don't recall. But is that is that recorded in the uh, um, constitution in the uh, states, Mark? Uh, I don't know, man. I haven't read the constitution. 
It's in Black's Law. It's in Bouvier's. It's in all kinds of places. It's right in the Bill of Rights and the Charter of Rights and Freedoms as well. Oh, wow. So, technically, anytime they bring an individual in, they have to be in a court of record, and the judge has to be impartial. But you got to call him on that, because he's going to trespass the shit out of that case. See, it's just kind of ridiculous that if the legislation doesn't apply to a man, but now the man has to go and look up all their legislative crap just to CF everything like crazy. Like, I have no interest in looking up the Courts of Justice Act, the uh, Adjudication Act, the Interpretation Act, the whatever else act. Yeah, those are acts, right? Those are like... Shakespeare plays. Yeah, yeah. For me, yeah, honestly, honestly, I think the only two documents we really need to focus on is the is the the Constitution and the Criminal Code. Because technically, any time they're going to trespass, it's going to be somewhere written in the Criminal Code that they can't do it. You know. Yeah, but and, it's and also... then there's the Charter to hold them liable to their own rules. But see, that's the thing, though. When, when I when I know what my rules are, and I have a rough idea what their rules are, when I'm filing a claim, they're going to give me a hard time, and now I'm forced to go and look through their rules to CF stuff to hold them liable to their own rules, which is just a big pain in the ass. If their rules don't apply to me, why do I have to tell them what their rules are? Why do I have to dig through their rules to find what rules to throw in the face? Well, it's, it's just ridiculous. You, you still have to know how to shut them down because you're going to have, you know, attorneys trying to jump in and talk, and you're going to have judges be giving their opinion before you could say anything and telling you who you are. And you know, this is the the shit that you have to deal with. They're they're breaking the law all over the place. Now, how do you hold well, them liable? Who? Yeah, you hold them liable in your court. That's correct. Okay, but, but but you're saying hold them liable in your court. But what I'm saying is, when you're trying to file something, and they're blocking you, so they won't let you file a claim. So now you're going to hold them liable by filing a claim. The problem is, yeah. is holding them liable so you can get the claim filed in the first place. Because if you can't get a claim filed against Bob, how are you going to file a claim against Susie for not letting you file a claim against Bob? Yeah, when you can't even get in the door. Yeah. Definitely got a, a thought there. I mean, this goes back to where I remember talking about Carl. you got to get a, uh, a magistrate who has been who's retired. And, uh, you know... You have court with him. Yeah, I don't know. Unless Carl expands upon that, I don't see that being a very viable option. Unless Carl knows something that he didn't mention. But yeah, I just I'm the same way, Mike. I, I I'm with you on that. So. I think the yeah. biggest issue is these people. Uh, a lot of these people keep walking in, and they keep trying to go for a trial by jury. And Carl's talking like, you know, it's incredibly dangerous to go for a trial by jury for pretty much anything. 
you know, a lot of a lot of the times you can just beat them in their own damn code. Oh yeah, speaking of trial by jury, I talked to Josh for a second, and uh, John did really well. Um, he was brought up on the stand again, and they, the prosecutor at, or the judge asked him, "Are you going to answer the prosecutor's question?" And basically, it was back down to, "Well, uh, you know, I thought I did answer the, or whatever the question correctly." Um, you got to bring forward the man that who uh, <laughs> said I've done it wrong. Bring forward the you know, the the, the accuser before I can answer your question. So. And uh, they brought him back out of the courtroom, and then the, they did their closing statements, the two uh, pretenders. And uh, sent the jury home. They don't get to talk, I guess, until Monday. Well, that's good news. It's scary facing these people sometimes because it's like you're walking up into a firing squad and, and uh, you know, you don't know who's going to shoot you. <laughs> well, it kind of depends on your situation. I'm not I'm not afraid of these people at all, but I could see if I was in John's position, I'd be a little worried. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, the way I see it most of the time, it's a matter of, do your research, go out and do it. And if they throw a roadblock in front of you, you send another letter, fix that roadblock, and just keep going and going and going. See, it's kind of like an ant on a sidewalk. You put your hand in front of it, it just turns and goes the other way. Then you put your hand in front of it, it turns and goes the other way. Every time you put something in front of it, it goes around it. Just be like an ant. Every time they say no, ask them why or whatever you got to do. But every time they put a roadblock, you just got to keep going, keep going, keep going. Get around it, climb over it, go around it, go under it. Gets back to being knowledgeable and quick on your feet, sending another letter immediately. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the thing with time, eh? Time doesn't wait for us. Because we got a... Reminds me of a term called self-governing. Yeah, we got a... We got a lot of tools in our toolbox, and we got some pretty good ones, too. Like, uh, every time we make a mistake, we have the option of correcting our mistake. We always have the option of coming back and trying again. Yeah. That's one option they don't have. Yeah, if they actually played by their rules, we would kill them by a landslide every single time. But we're all uh, stupid and lazy by nature now. So it takes a while for us to uh, get up to speed and, I don't know, get in the groove and stay there. You got to remember, uh, we all have lives. These people, that is their life. They go to work every day, do the same thing all day, every day. They got all the tricks in the book. And we're all just waking up and trying to do this half asleep still.
the same thing if you think about it, just flip it over. Like if uh, if a clerk of the court would come to my place of business and tell me how I'm going to weld my whatever, like I'm going to have all kinds of ways of shutting them down. They're going to tell me this, I'm going to tell them that. They're going to tell me this, I'm going to tell them that. I would like to see a clerk of the court come to a welding shop and tell me what my job is and how to do my job. I'll run circles around them. So that's what we're doing. We're going to their place of business and telling them how to do their job. And they got all kinds of tricks to shut us down. So you got to keep learning. And just think if we didn't have Carl and each other to talk to, to figure this out, we'd all be screwed. Hmm. It's only us sharing our information, sharing our victories and our defeats. That's what's getting everybody closer, faster. Yeah, before I started listening to Carl, I was ready to just throw in the towel. Yeah. You know, a lot of the shit that I had, I you know, there was no remedy in court. Every time something would make the court, you know, you could deter the cops, you could keep them off your, out of your house, uh, off your property or whatever, but as soon as something goes to court, all of a sudden you got men with guns at your door. Just like my, uh, my buddy Jim. Uh, he had, uh, he, he, he fought with, uh, with the township for a long time because he had an old dog I got into a fight with the neighbor's dog. And the neighbor's dog practically killed his dog. But the neighbor is the one who put a complaint in that Jim's dog was dangerous. So they kept trying to summon Jim to court. And he kept not going to court and keeping him off his property. And all of a sudden, a SWAT team showed up with uh, with uh, armored guns and, and whatever. You know, and uh, took his dogs. Which you imagine standing there in your own kitchen with your 90-year-old mother with uh, three cops in, in, in full SWAT gear pointing a gun at your face like you're some sort of terrorist. Over a dog. Over a dog. Do you think we overpay our public servants or what? How, how much did that cost taxpayers? Uh, I hear it cost uh, $100,000 for that operation. That's friggin' ridiculous. Well, they See, had everybody uh, in the township like writing a letter. Well, that's the thing. The township had to pay for it. They yeah, tried to every, get him. They tried to get him to pay for it. Everybody in the town should be writing a letter. City hall, somebody in city hall, police services board, saying you honestly expect us to be paying all those clowns to stand around to go do what the dog catcher has done himself for centuries. Yeah. Like, remember back in the day, a guy drove around a little truck with a net and a rope and a canister of pepper spray when rid the do- rid the neighborhood of stray dogs. Now they got to send a whole bunch of armed public servants to go and confiscate a dog. Yeah, everybody in that town should be writing a nasty letter. Oh, sorry, a grandma letter. But they have the perfect defense, right? Oh, well, you people, you're the ones that 
that wanted these bylaws put into effect. Put that back about in. Too many dogs and and uh, you know all this other shit, right? That's their defense. Oh, you asked for it, so we're giving it to you, and you're going to pay for it. <laughs> like well, I said, scenario they, back yeah. in King James time. What did King James was trying to take everybody's property, right? What happened to him? That they headed him, didn't they? Yeah, King Henry did suffer a nasty death, didn't he? Was it Henry? I don't know. I'm not but sure. One of those kings, yeah, he was trying to do what they're doing now. And uh, on on many fronts, they're trying to do this, take everybody's property. Well, that happened back in the day. And, yeah, somebody suffered a really nasty death for that. Yeah, I think this kind of gets back to nobody's awake. Like the average Joe in the average town has no clue what's going on, but I think if people stopped feeding the government, the government would stop growing. Yep. People got to realize it's voting for these dicks that are making the laws that's screwing everything up. And then we go in and sign all these contracts, give them our signature, and we keep fueling it financially now. Every time we're signing government contracts, they're hiring more goons and sending more more army over to other countries and blow up other people. They're all doing it on our dime. Stop giving them money. The more money we give them, the more people they have to hire. The more people they hire, the more laws they have to pass. Now that they have more laws, they have to hire more guys. And it just gets out of control. Stop giving them money. Stop voting for them. Like Dean Clifford says, just turn around and walk away. Ignore them. What's the government going to do if everybody just ignored them? I'm not going to pay taxes. I'm not going to get bank loans. I'm not going to just stop signing contracts, all kinds of contracts. If everybody turned their back on the government, they'd shrivel up and die. Obviously, they're never going to completely go away. But if we practice a little bit of uh, common sense and took some responsibility for our own lives, the government would be choked. Most of us don't know any better anyway. Something happens, we... uh, jump on the phone, call the cops right away. I'm not saying necessarily us on these calls, but the average Joe, they don't know any other option. If something happens, they call the cops. What they've been trained to do. Yeah, just think even... uh, even six months old, you're watching TV cartoons or kids' videos or something, and you're always seeing the cops get the bad guys. Everybody calls the cops. The cops saves the day. Everything's good. Nobody really understands any other option except call the cops. 
nobody would even think about talking to their fellow man and trying to settle it man to man. It's unheard of. Of course, it comes straight out of the Bible, but we don't know we can do that. Mike, I uh, just sent you something on Skype. Got it. What about when everybody was uh, looking up the judicial canons? Did everybody find stuff, or wasn't the whole point of that to be holding people accountable? Like a, what kind of cannon? Like a hand cannon? Like a potato cannon. (laughs) (laughs) But even, uh, I don't know, isn't there, um, there's an act for everything, but isn't there like a administrative justice act or something ridiculous like that? Well, they got codes of ethics and stuff like that. Uh, it's a human's right code, but that's outer garbage. Yeah, that's mostly discrimination, isn't it? Yeah. And like I said, it's only covering the same things that are in the Constitution. Because they yeah, wouldn't give just... you, they wouldn't give you any other rights that wasn't already included in the Constitution. It's just a watered down, and it's doesn't cover as many things. Yeah, it just, I don't know, I think it'd be nice if you could say, uh, reason, Mary, I told you to file this thing. Not only is it my belief you got to do it, but this federal law says you got to do it. This provincial statute says you got to do it. The This act, that act, the other act says all clerks must or else. You just hit them with like five, six different rules from five, six different of their codes. They're bound to all of them. Yeah. 
Can I ask you a question? Yep. What's the difference between the statute and an act? I guess I could look it up, but I thought just since we're talking about it, I don't know the difference. Well, I I don't know. I just, the way I look at it is an act is like a list of rules and a statute is one of the rules within the act. I don't even know if that's right. That's just how I look at it. Within well, yeah, the, the act is like an entire, like, for example, the Highway Traffic Act oh. is, has to do with all the statutes that relate to highway traffic. Okay. Think of it like a play. It's act two, like a section of the play. They're acting, right? And then when they take you to court, they don't even they don't even quote the statute. What they do is they quote they, they quote the code instead of giving you the whole long-winded, you know, thirty-word in, in the statute. They'll give you three-word, like driving uh, driving with a suspended license. That's a code. And it's just, it's further condensing the public law. That's all for lawyers. Crap. Mm -hmm. The public law is extremely long compared to a statute. But the statute has to say sort of the same thing. But then again, they take words out of it. And then they write it in a certain way. Okay, well, in this if you write shall in this certain sentence, then shall means may. But if you write shall in this sentence, shall means it's a mandatory. They just, they, they know all their terms of art. Like lawyers, they play in that crap. Then it's just up for interpretation and the, you know, you look at it, you read it, and most people are, uh, uh, are swayed by it. You know, they, they, they take something as an obligation where there is none. But then it becomes your belief. Then you become guilty. So it's just it's utter ridiculous nonsense. Another way of looking at it is they give you a very long, clear explanation of something, and it's too long. So they summarize it, and they cut like 80% of it out and just give you the, the bare what's really important and then they say well it's still a little too long let's just get the main point out there so now you've taken it completely out of context and it leaves a, a ridiculously huge window of opportunity to lawyers for lawyers to fight and back over fight back and forth over what it means because now it's just a few words taken out of context. I'm going to use it to my advantage. You're going to use it to your advantage. Now we got to fight over what it means. Yeah. As our clients' bank accounts drop like crazy. Yeah, who's, who can argue the better opinion? Yeah. <laughs> That's all it is. It's a freaking opinion. That helps. Thank you very much. No worries. I understand. Better. Yeah, you won't fully understand. I don't think anyone ever will. <laughs> yeah, please, if if you're if it's, if it's cloudy and we can help, just just go ahead and ask. So <laughs> that's all I need to know. Yeah, then thank you, gentlemen. That's all I need to know. Just curiosity. I like you say we don't study all this stuff, so it's 
since you were talking about it, I was a little confused. So that that does help tremendously. Yeah, my, Thanks. My favorite quote from Menard is when he was talking about uh, rules, and then you bring up papers or whatever, and someone comes up to you and says, uh, "Well." Because of this body of words, I have authority over your paperwork. So then you ask them, well, what does this word mean? And they say, well, I don't know. What happened to all their authority? Mm -hmm. it, it's gone. They don't even know what it means. They, how can they claim an authority in it? So when a lawyer brings something up in court, like an act or a statute, you have every right to ask them every single word that's in that code or in that statute. What does this mean? What does that mean? And he has to know, and he has to answer. Because if he doesn't know, well, technically, he doesn't have any authority to uh, to move it through court. Well, see, that's another thing too. One of the very first things I noticed when I started when I started figuring out the whole scam of the legal system, one of the first things I noticed was they fricking hate it when you ask them how they have authority. And that uh, I was talking to uh, a lady from the Children's Aid, the Children's Aid Society one day, and I'm like, "Well, show me the law." that says that I have to do that. And she's like, oh, it's in the Child and Family Services Act. And I'm like, what, what, what makes you think that I'm bound by that act at all? And then she's like, you could see the wheels turning in her head. And then she's like, oh, well, we're mandated under that act to do this, that, the other thing. And I'm like, well, that's fine that you are mandated to do something, but what am I obligated to do? And there was no way she could answer that. It had to be sidestepping that the whole rest of the conversation. And I did the same thing with uh, a legal aid lawyer. I guess it's similar to the public defender in the States, but I was asking them, where does, I was asking this one lawyer lady, where does the children's aid believe they get their authority from? And they're like, oh, uh, it's under the uh, Child, Child and Family Services Act then I kind of pointed out that that's a list of rules that the government put on them so they can't screw up so I don't get to sue the government. I'm like, that has nothing to do with me. And then she's like, oh, well, it's the, uh, the, the, the Children's Reform Act. And I'm like, where, does, where do I fit in the Child Reform Act? Where, who says that I'm, I have to follow those rules? And she ended up, I, it got into a couple other acts that she couldn't, she couldn't explain how they had authority over me either. Right, right in the mid in mid sentence, she just got up and ran out of her own office and came back with her boss. Hey, when you start, that's kind of how I got my my claim filed. Yeah, when you start asking them how their rules apply to you, they they get kind of nervous and squirm a little. I don't like pretending that I know all their rules, but I like bringing it up and acting really dumb. Like the children's aid ladies, I was asking them all kinds of things. Like, have you read the uh, Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms? 
they kind of looked at me funny. I asked them if they read the uh, United Nations Declaration on the Rights of the Child. And they had no idea what to do. And she's like, oh, I'm not playing your political games. Then she wouldn't explain what political games meant either. But I could tell those ladies had no frickin' clue what I was asking them. No, they don't. Which is scary that children's aid workers have no idea what the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of the Child even is. That's a little scary to me. Well, they just do what they're told. Hell, they're not even supposed to have an opinion. The funny thing is, is if you read their mission statements and their whatever else they call those little blurbs at the top, Mm -hmm. they're always supposed to be helping. It sounds so nice at the top. The purpose of this act is to ensure the safety and blah, 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 and to make sure everything's fair and just and blah, blah, blah. And it sounds great at the top of the page. And it's just a bunch of horse shit. Like child and family services, they're all supposed to be helping the family and they're supposed to be strengthening the family. And they're supposed to be making a happy environment for the family. But why is it the first thing they do is run in and snatch kids? I don't know if dad beats mom. Shouldn't they be helping dad get help so he's not beating mom? I don't know if junior's a kleptomaniac. Shouldn't they be trying to get junior to stop stealing? They're supposed to be helping families. They're supposed to be strengthening families. It doesn't seem like they're ever really doing that. You know, it just seems weird that they tell single moms they're taking their baby because they can't afford to feed it. They never thought of spending all that money they're collecting on helping single moms get on their feet. Of course, there's no money in helping families. No, they don't want to make us any smarter. No. They don't want that to happen. The dumbing down of America has been in progress for decades. Well, that's the classic family courtroom. Court move is uh, separate the mom and dad, get them at each other's throats like crazy, so the kids are just easy pickings now. Yep. Lawyers get a mom to say, oh, just say he cheated on you and he beats you. You'll win the kids, guaranteed. He'll be paying. And then dad's lawyer saying, oh, yeah, get, just say that she blew all your friends and that she's uh, got a gambling addiction and blah, blah, blah. And so now, now mom's just slinging mud at the dad. Dad's slinging mud at the mom. The families all get divided now. Now, now mom and dad, now mom's mom and dad hate dad's mom and dad and 
get a huge family feud going on, make the whole family look like they're a bunch of crackpots. Well, it's easy to take those kids now. Last thing they want is mom and dad to be in court together. And the lawyers are just mom, laughing. Mom's mom and dad there, dad's dad and mom and dad there, all the cousins, like the whole of 50 or more friends, 50 or more family members came in to protect that kid and their mom and dad. The state would have a, a big problem. But all they have to do is get mom and dad at each other's throats. Problem solved. Courts hate family unity. Family courts hate it when the family's together. Yep. There's no controversy. <laughs> well, look at look at even Brian Bonner's case. Him and him and his ex were friends. Actually, I don't even know if they might even live together. I forget, but he he was on good terms with his ex. I think they were apart, but he remember he went over and did a roof for her one year and whatever, whatever. Yeah, that was him man and on his man. Wife, yeah, him yeah. and his wife were on the same team, and the state was sticking their face in. And he's like, I'll pay her this much per month. And then in court, it was like, Oh, who's coming after me? The, pro- the judge pointed at the prosecutor and said, she's the one coming after you. And that's when the whole game switched. Because him and mom were on the same side. He was willing to pay mom. Everything was good with mom. So who is this third-party controversy starter? It was the I state. Yeah, I think that's a huge part of why Brian Bonner won his case. Because him and his mom were on the same team state sticking their face in where it doesn't belong and there is no problem well she said it too I think I heard somewhere that uh, she had applied for welfare and they said well you can't if you apply for welfare you have to file this paperwork for child support and then that's when that whole thing went then the state became the third party interloper being that we're going to offer you money but now we're going to go collect money from Brian Bonner and then just kind of, you know, fizzle some to you if we feel like it. And the judge was no dummy. He know he knows that a private contract between a man and a man, this case a man and a woman, the state cannot interfere with. Yeah, my sister's got a friend. Her name is Allison, and she had this pre-existing agreement with her ex over child support, and he agreed to pay like a ridiculous amount of money. It was like 200 bucks a week for child support. But then he became, he lost his job. He became really poor and she wanted to go and try to enforce that contract and to uh, uh, take him to court and then make him pay the lawyer fees because he had agreed to give her that kind of money. And I was hearing this story from my sister. I says, you know what? If she if she does that, you let me know. I'm going to go find that man. <laughs> and I'm going to get him to pay her less than that. Because that's just freaking ridiculous. Like, this this guy honestly couldn't pay his child support. And and, see, my ex was like that. I, uh, I had a private agreement with her. And... Uh, we, had a, we had a schedule set up. And... Uh, I was paying child support. I'd give her a money order every month. 
And then uh, she started throwing a snit and started taking me to court for all this other stuff. And then she decided that she was going to have the child support uh, court enforced. And I didn't know anything at the time. I could have told the court to piss off. But it started going through the family responsibility office. And now all of a sudden she's getting her checks later. And I think they're probably skimming money off the top for services. So she thought she'd be smart, and I was, I, I was never a day late. I, was, I think I was late two days once, and I told her three days ahead of time it was going to be two days late, and I paid it. Money order every time, so I had a clear record of it. She was getting the full amount on time every month until she complained. Now she's getting less, and she's getting it later. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You don't get something for nothing. Mm-hmm. Government's going to take their cut. That's how they make their money. Yep. Shuffle more paper. Yep. Hire more people to do more government work collecting money. People don't want to do it themselves. <laughs> yeah. That's ridiculous. It makes me think of, I never really thought of it until I heard Carl say it, and I pissed my pants laughing, but uh, bankruptcy court, it's just going to going to mommy and getting mommy to manage your allowance for you. That's all it is, because you can't, you can't be a man and say, okay, I make this much per month, I owe this guy this much, this much, okay, I can give this much to this guy, this much to this guy, and this much to this guy every month. But since you can't sit down and write letters to your creditors, you go to bankruptcy court so a judge can write letters to your creditors. They take your bank account and just dispense your money for you because you couldn't do it yourself. Did not manage your own allowance. Well, back on the sorry, hey Brian. Um, back on that family court kind of thing, it, it was uh, what about two years ago. And there was uh, two ladies that were looking to be inseminated. And they put a, an ad out, I don't know whether it was Craigslist or Kijiji or something else like that. And anyways, a uh, guy, I guess they had their own personal contract. Um, the ladies ended up having the baby. And uh, they, I guess they fell on their own hard times and uh, went to the state for uh, welfare. And the state said, well, who's the father? You're not going to get welfare until you can tell us who the father is. So I, finally they said, well, we've got a private agreement. And they're like, nah, that doesn't end true. We don't, we don't, you know, recognize it. And uh, finally they ended up giving up the father's name and they collected child support from the father. Yeah, I, I think I'd have beat it if I was him. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, you never listened to Carl, but... Well, obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, I mean, that that's one that's like you almost want to get a little guy and say, hey, like, there's some shit going on and you don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot and, of situations uh, like that where I just shake my head and laugh, buddy. Yeah, it only called me first. Yeah. 
That's uh, yeah. I heard, uh, yeah. I heard a whole bunch of crazy stories on like YouTube and that where uh, like some of this was on the local news and stuff, but uh, where a guy was. I, I don't know. I think the guy was paying like twelve hundred a month child support. She was in one state; he was in another, and the child support was coming straight off his checks before he even got paid at the end of the week. So his child support was fully being paid. And then, yeah, I think it was North Carolina where the mom lived. Uh, I think he was in Washington. I can't really remember. It's kind of irrelevant, but the state where the mom was, I guess, had the guy extradited from Washington to the state mom was at for a ridiculous amount of arrears and child support. It was just ridiculous. Like, I don't know, all kinds of strange stories about guys getting screwed in child support. Yeah. Anything related to family court is just a disaster. It is because it's so ambiguous, really. It's not he ambiguous. Said, said, so much. It's, well, well, it's the, the the old he said she said, and unless you go in there as you know, you can defend he, yourself without a lawyer. But see, that's all court is for the most part is he said she said bullshit. That's why everything has to be backed up with evidence. To get right. rid of but, but family court, family court is money driven. That's the yes. whole point of family court is money. That thing but is it, such a ridiculous money making machine. No matter how you look at it, uh, and so to make you, the money you return so work, many times. Yeah, but to make the money machine work, they have to let everything go. Hearsay is fine if you don't rebut it. Obviously, in any court, if you don't rebut it, hearsay is admitted. But in family court, they'll let everything go. Like it's just, it's almost like there's nobody running the show. Yeah. But they'll drag it on on purpose. They'll have uh, children's lawyers or guardian litem, whatever you want to call it. They'll have child psychologists in there. They'll have uh, um, mediators for the parents. Then they'll have to send the parents to some kind of counseling, parenting classes, drinking classes, mm-hmm. recently separated parent classes, like ridiculous. There's just so many yeah, ways. You, you name it. Yeah, you name it. They'll try and create the avenue and create the, you know, the, the revenue stream. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm not exactly sure if uh family court is above or below traffic court, but it's, it's definitely bottom of the barrel. I would say there's a lot more money to be made in the, the family court than there is in traffic court. Yeah. You know, on yeah, a, on a, overall, like the amount of crap that goes through there. Yeah. On an individual basis, I mean, like, you know, there might be a billion traffic tickets supplied or maybe, you know, 50 divorces going on, but those 50 divorces are going to turn into like three years of dealing with this shit. Really? For the... You got a one-year-old baby that's going to be in therapy until she's 18. 
Yeah, no, well, yeah, it can go on and go on and on and on and on. Yeah, you're right in that aspect. But I'm just saying, you know, typically some some divorces, a lot of divorces get dealt with pretty soon. But, yeah, they have a contract that supersedes all that. And then, yeah, you can go back and come back and come back. But, but think, of how many family, think of how many family court cases are just absolutely retarded, like the one I'm in. Mine's yeah. been going on since 2007. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm just trying to put it into perspective. The idea that you know a traffic ticket, it, you're kind of like in and out, right? It's it's a lot. You know, it it doesn't. Traffic tickets usually don't drag on for years, like you know a family matter. Yeah. That's that's my whole, you know, the idea. Yeah, see, with driving, though, it's limited because they can only put you through so many classes. Like, how are they going to send you to a, psych- a psychologist or a psychiatrist because of a speeding ticket, right? Right. Family it, court. Dead in the code. They issue the code. Uh, issue issue yeah, the citation based on the code, and it's cut and dry, and this is what they charge you with. Either you fight that or fight, you know, don't fight it. Yeah. Yeah, family court, there's just so many avenues to push you into. Uh-huh. It's uh-huh. all a money trap. Right. That's what I was getting See, here's, here's one of the kickers, too. It makes me laugh is when you go to file an application or some kind of case in family court, one of the first documents you have to include with your application is a full financial report. So right away, everybody knows exactly how much they can milk you for. That's right. Ridiculous. Uh, oh, list your assets. Yeah, list them in order of uh, expensive because we want to know which ones are real expensive first. Mm-hmm. Just put the numbers down there, and we'll look at the rest of your application after. Yeah, and what are you what are you blowing your money on? Are you blowing your money on cigarettes and booze and internet and TV? Oh yeah, we can we can chop that down real quick. Yeah, it's not even that. They just see the big dollar amount you have in your bank account, and they look at your list of assets, and they know yeah, if they don't look. They know. They don't look to see whether you're plus or minus for the month. Yeah, they won't say it, but it's pretty much like, okay, well, now we're just waiting for your wife's uh, financial affidavit to come in there, and then we'll decide which one of you are getting thrown under the bus first. That's all it is. Yeah, that's right. As soon as I need my lawyer's office, she leaves her lawyer's office. My lawyer calls her lawyer. Yeah, so uh, she's making a lot more than him. Maybe we should throw her under the bus because he doesn't have any money. And then she'll file an appeal and she'll come back and spend the rest of her money. Yeah, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. They can make calls on your behalf and uh, throw you under the bus and charge you for it. Whoa, what a wonderful place. Yeah. How about we throw your client under the bus until my client gets his inheritance and then we'll throw my client under the bus. Yeah, family court's just a huge joke. How about the guy in uh, Cobb County here in Georgia who got pulled over for eating a cheeseburger (laughs) while he was... uh, Driving his car, the cop gave him a ticket for distracted driving. Yeah, did it go through? <laughs> yeah, it made the news. It made Reddit. It, it made like all this. You 
uh, YouTube news channel. I mean, the guy's uh, till he learns Carl, he's gonna lose. <laughs> well, that's so, another thing too. The judge might throw that thing out. Like, what the hell? He was eating a cheeseburger. Well, get rid of this. I'm certain that the cop doesn't have the burger as evidence. <laughs> so another thing too is that uh, you know, persons can't eat fucking cheeseburgers. <laughs> yeah, if that guy loses, they're just going to start giving more people, uh, more drivers, the distracted driver ticket. They're going to follow him out of McDonald's and be and pull him over as soon as they reach into the bag. It's only a matter of time until they have to take car stereos out of cars because music is distracting. Oh, that's funny. Distract. From Latin, means to draw in different directions. Just to draw. To draw asunder or apart, to turn aside. Well, one one thing with uh, traffic tickets, you can I guess you could say, well, you know, uh, you're lim- limiting my ability to speed. So, uh, you know, why why is it that cars can go up to 200 kilometers an hour? Oh, so when when is it proper and necessary? You're going to allow me to do it. You know, if I find that, you know, there might be an accident and I can avoid it by doing that, that's proper and necessary. Oh, thank you very much. You know, it's one so I guess thing everything you... Go ahead, Terry. Yeah. This is, it, it's, it's one thing to, to, to question... Their stuff, and then it's another to say to say something. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, they're they're implying an obligation to go a certain limit, but that only applies in certain situations and at certain times. So, technically, a motor vehicle is a description. It's not a uh, it's not a thing because it's technically it's property. And you can well, describe it however, however you wish. It doesn't change the fact that it is property. And motor vehicle is under their code. Yeah. But motor, you know, it, it's two words. Like it's, uh, it's a term. It's it's a description, really. Like. Yes, because my, like I was saying before, my pencil case is a vehicle in which my pens and pencils move about in. Is somebody working? Uh, How are you doing? Fine. You got a case before? It's hard to hear you. This is all play. No work. Quit. (laughs) Who's that making that noise? I don't know. Somebody. I think Mark's at work. I'm I'm making a bit of noise. I'm kind of... Breaking up dog treats. Ah. 
Uh-huh. Okay, continue. you got to feed the dog. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a hound. Just mute out when you're not talking. Well, I had another question. Is if uh, you got, uh, I don't know whether anyone's actually paid attention to the uh, uh, speed limit signs. You know, it's, well, in Ontario, it might be 100 kilometers an hour and stuff like that. And has anyone paid attention to the border that sits around those signs? To me, it could be recognized as square brackets. So it's a, it's, it's a notice. Well, it's in square brackets, so it doesn't really exist. Yeah, but see, instead of getting into all that, yeah, me that applies to licensed drivers. That sign doesn't apply to me. Yeah. 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 Like, if I want to work for the government and I want to get a driver's license that says I can work for the government and I get my little government photo ID card that says that I can drive for the government, then that mm-hmm. kind of applies to me. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not working for the government. I'm not using my license today. It's my day off from government work. <laughs> yeah. I'm just a man traveling down the road, the road that I yeah. pay for the gas taxes. Yeah, the yeah. same thing applies for a uh, a bus stop, <laughs> right? That bus stop sign only for people that want to ride the bus. They know where to get on the bus. You know, it has nothing to do with the with the drivers on the road or the people going from point A to point B. It's just, you know, it's it's a notice, and it pertains only to people that have to take it. You know, if it applies to you, then you mm-hmm. take notice. It's but an advisement. Yeah, I can, I can see the bus stop sign, and I can have a general idea of what that bus sign means, and I can maybe be aware that there might be a big bus parked there. But other than that, I know it doesn't apply to me because I'm not driving a bus and I'm not riding a passenger on a bus. Right. It's there in case it applies to me. Like if I'm a truck driver and I have to take exit 35, then those signs apply to me that says next exit, one kilometer. But if I'm just going until the uh, I fall off the earth, I don't need any sign telling me next exit, one kilometer. It only applies to me if I care. But I'm thinking everybody should start fighting their speeding and parking tickets, jam up the courts, do all kinds of stuff. Make tickets a pain in the ass for them. Yep. Well, not jam up the courts, Mike. Uh, Do it before you go to court. Traffic court? Oh, yeah, jam up traffic court. (laughs) Nah, do it before you go to court. Take care of it outside. Do it on a private... That's yeah. It's I guess yeah. That's jamming it up before court. That's always good too. But because what's the yeah. definition of that, Mike? You know that jamming up the court system. What is that? Terrorism? Yeah, you don't want to do that. Well, well pretty, it's it's technically not terrorism. If you if I'm legitimately fighting a speeding ticket, you're fighting a speeding ticket. Brian's Terry. Everybody's fighting their own speeding tickets not necessarily abusing the system 
But it is going to clog up their system. That's right. What's the worst that yeah. can happen? You got to pay the ticket. But come on. Like I'm not going I can't to fight. See. If you like the one guy, I uh, there's a preacher out in Michigan, and he made it a point to fight every single ticket. And he, this guy loved speed, and he would go and fight every single ticket, go to trial if he had to, and it came to the point where they didn't pull him over anymore because the town wasn't making any money. Because they got to pay attorney fees and all this other shit. And then they've been going in the negative every time because they know this guy fights the ticket every single time. Yep. So you want to be that guy. You know? Like, see, normally, normally I am against clogging up the courts. But traffic court, if everybody was just honestly fighting their ticket, that would be clogging up their courts. But I can't see any real negative side to that. Like, I don't think old ladies are going to die without their medication. I don't think the poor are going to starve and die because traffic courts clogged up. It will be an inconvenience to everybody, but not getting tickets every other day on your way to work is kind of worth it. Well, it'll slow down that damn meat grinder. Like when I yeah. when you go to traffic court and you watch 30 people get slaughtered, could you imagine yeah. if every single one of them had a trial, like a, a you know half hour or two hour freaking trial? What that would yeah. do to the system? Everybody fought. Well, see, here's another way of looking at it too. Back in the day, if you had a strong belief and you stood up for your belief, and nobody liked your belief, it was off with your freaking head. And so the way I see it. What what big damage is going to come to you? Like you're not going to lose your head over fighting a speeding ticket. People used to die to be free. We we're afraid of a speeding ticket. I think people need to get off the fear. Just the lower stuff. Just go and fight. Get your hands dirty. Well, people are just so preoccupied with life. You know, they got yeah. their their football game on the TV, and, they, mm-hmm. and you know, and uh, you know, taking their kids to ballet and shit. You know, they have they have a life, and uh, yeah. a ticket is like a it's an intrusion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, gotta... I, yeah. I say as long as you don't, as long as you don't get yourself locked up for contempt or something like that, there's not really a huge downside to to fighting a speeding ticket. Like if you do a terrible job, you might have to pay the speeding ticket. You might have a little extra, some kind of a fee tacked on. But if the experience isn't going to kill you, don't be a puss. I don't know, especially if, like, this speeding ticket or whatever is going to be three points on your license, your insurance is going to go up, and you can't afford to drive after that. You may as well fight it. Yeah. Actually, in a case like that, I'd try and make a a private deal with the man acting as prosecutor. I'll pay the fine, just no points.
Most people take that as an admission of guilt, but technically, it's not. It's an offer. See, really, I don't care if I'm gonna if I'm gonna lose my job because I'm gonna lose my license because I'm gonna get three points. I'd pay the fine gladly. Take the easy win. Just get rid of those points. I'll pay the fine, no problem. Well, that's another thing too. Is you can put that in the body of the letter as well. Is that this is gonna harm the man. Yeah. These points are going to harm. It's going to interfere with my right to yeah. to work. It's going to cause harm. Yeah, it's going to cause harm. I'm going to lose my job. It's going to cause harm to my family and I. Put the put the family in there first. It's not just me. This is my wife and my kids and my dog, and it's going to cause a whole bunch of harm. Can't do this. Yeah. I'll pay you, no problem, <clears throat> but don't be punishing my family. Is it worth saying? I know it's a, it's a separate court. So would you want to say family? I know it's not family court. So the the word family yeah, might him. not be. Tell the him same. you're a man with a family. You got duties and responsibility to your fellow man, your own family. Like you're gonna punish my baby now because I I drove badly. Yeah. See the thing. What I'm what I'm getting at is the uh, Highway Traffic Act has nothing to do with family court. And by being able to say the word family can't be misconstrued to be a part of family court or the verbiage of family. No. Well, I mean, you know, there might be people confused. That's all, that's all I'm trying to... It's a speeding no, no. ticket. You're writing in reference to a traffic case, and you're telling, putting this on my driving record is going to harm me and my family. How are they going to think, oh, my God, this guy's supposed to be in family court? It's not going to uh, happen. Mike, Mike, I'm just saying there's probably a lot of confused people out there, and I would just like to make that clear for them. That's all. I'm not saying, you know, oh, like, who the fuck would think of everything of that in the whole world? Well, there are people that may not be on the same page and go, geez, if I go to court, there, you know, I just can't use the word family. But, oh, shit, because I'm in traffic court, there is no jurisdiction over family. You know, and clarifying that. You know, that, that's all I'm getting at. I'm not trying to pick pick you apart or anything. You know, I'm just trying to make, make it clear. It's not even in court anyways. You're just writing man-to-man to the guy acting as prosecutor. Uh-huh. Yes, ma'am. Sorry. Yeah, who 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 else spoke of it? That uh, Mr. Ports. I'm not sure. I mean, Ron. Not no, Mr. He's not, no, he's not on the phone. Oh, on the okay. board. he's on the board. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, like even traffic court, there's enough in their own codes. To beat in their game. Like, obviously, there's the ever-popular word, shall. But other than that, there's a million (coughs) hard driving codes. Well, yeah, that's the whole idea of driving, speeding, speeding happening in the future. Person, all that lovely stuff. Those are the good ones to go after. Yeah, so... Person's easy. (laughs) But if 
you're a if you're a guy that likes to uh, rack up speeding tickets, try one ripping their codes apart. Try one I a man. Both of them I would try and settle before court, but try one in the statutory realm. Try one in the common law realm. Experiment. I think one of the last uh, calls that uh, Carl did there, he kind of he he gave some tips to letter writing and trying to suck them in as being the man or the woman, which was uh, you know pretty, I would say pretty good. Yeah, I didn't go back and listen to that one again. I kind of, I don't really remember that one all that great. Yeah, I don't remember all that great either, but I think he kind of said, you know, uh, gee, uh, you know, Pam, uh, you're a woman and uh, you're you're doing this or whatever. And then they write a letter back and they're like, yeah, that's the problem. You know, this, this is the issue and everything else. Well, they didn't rebut the fact that they were a woman. They didn't rebut the fact that they were, you know, whatever their title was or anything else. So you got them, you got them right there. Yeah, you can get them to, you can catch them on words like wish and belief and everything too. Yeah. Stuff like, uh, are you the man I should be writing to regarding this matter? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cut and dry. No, I'm not the man. Oh, so how did this letter get formed? You pursue that actor. If I say, greetings, Bob, do you believe I owe a debt? If Bob says, yeah, you owe a debt. Okay, great, Bob the man. Mm-hmm. You believe, you, Bob, believe that I owe the debt, really? Mm-hmm. Okay, take the stand. My beliefs oh, are right. immaterial. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> My first letter back. My beliefs are immaterial. <laughs> but do you have a belief? Yeah. Well, that means he has one. They mean that, it, but it means that his word means nothing. He doesn't <laughs> he have a belief. Said, he also he, said. Uh, the you I'm referring to is you, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> what a howl that was. Yeah. Oh, who the the who I'm referring to is Terry? The, yeah, the you. Or sorry, the who? The you? Terry Terry wrote him a letter and he and he was like, uh, who is this you you are referring to? And he wrote you the you I am referring to is you, Terry. <laughs> so you can write back and say I so I believe that you is the man then and not the person. It's, it's just know. word he, games. It's it's called not answering the questions. He pretty but, much said the bike is the bike, the skateboard is the skateboard, the tree is the tree. And what does that even mean? The you is the you. Or you is the you. You I'm referring to is you. Okay. So the definition of black is black, maybe. 
So, but but how did he spell Terry? I, I should have said the letter back. Says, well, when you find that you guy, you make sure you let me know because this whole situation just caused me harm. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's driving around town, getting me in trouble. Let me know when you go hold this guy. Yeah, go find this you guy. <laughs> well, I was thinking you can be singular and plural. And if he said that you is you is in capital T and then small E R R Y, and then you know, then you say, okay, well, so you're talking to me as a man. It's it's not as a person. It's dodging. It's all it is. It's dodging. But I'll, it's responding I'll, without answering your questions. Yeah. See, listen to this though, Brian. Look at it this way. He could have been, he could have wrote the bike. I am referring to is the bike, Terry. Yeah. Yeah. So it didn't actually say anything. It just said the you I'm referring to is you. Yeah. Well, think about it this way. If the phrase was uh, written, Terry, comma, you have to have a driver's license. All he basically said is that somebody named you needs a driver's license, and he was addressing me, right? He didn't actually stake a claim or give an opinion. He didn't say, Terry requires a driver's license, because that would be a claim. Oh, okay. Puts the comma in there to uh, to create the difference in the phrase. It changes the meaning. So that's where yeah. you put the you, is you, comma, Terry, Kind of like the let's eat grandma. Yeah. So when she starts seeing yeah. this shit, it becomes hilarious. The like shit Mark, that they're not saying is crazy. Mark got a, a fine or a summons or a ticket or some kind of thing one time. Actually, I think he got it more than once, but it said, uh, it said, bring this notice with you to court, which I thought was funny because now Mark's got to go and find find somebody named you and bring you and the ticket into court. Yeah. You are commanded to appear in court. Who are, who are you? You in the court. I think in, in today's technology, they'd be able to put you and then your name. But what? But just think about you are. That's definitely plural. Yeah. One would be is. Many would be are. They are. They are commanded to come to court. You are commanded to come to court. Why yeah. didn't they just say, bring this ticket to court on this date? rather than saying, bring this ticket with you to court on this day. Wouldn't the first one be shorter, more directly to the point in addressing, you know, the man? But well, with, the whole, with the whole idea... It wasn't a ticket, you know, it was a uh, letter. Yeah, everything has to be brought with you or to you or at you. Well, with the, the whole idea of this, you know, the databasing and everything else, I mean, they obviously know, you know, the inside note 
And, you know, I mean, I don't know if you ever subscribed to something and said, you know, here's what your name is, here's your email address, and the next thing you know, you get a, a newsletter, and at the top of that it says, Dear Terry, uh, we have an offer for you if you want to come in and, you know, get a credit card, you can get 5% off on all purchases, blah, 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 blah. And the government's not doing that. They're just doing, you know, the deep, you know, kind of Dear Terry, but then they're putting the apostrophes or, you know, all the other commas and semicolons and everything else in, and making the, the separation between it. It's, it's, a, it's a funny game, isn't it? Well, see, it's another thing, too, the trick where I could write, I could write a letter saying, Greetings, Brian. Harry didn't pay me the money he owes me. So, yes, I'm sending the letter to Brian, but the letter doesn't have anything to do with Brian. It's all about Terry and the money Terry owes me. Yeah, absolutely. So if they say... File a claim. Yeah, so if I get a letter from a lawyer saying, greetings, Mike, you owe a debt. So he could be talking about somebody else. The body of the letter might have nothing to do with me. It might the letter might be about some guy named you who owes a debt. Yeah, it's a big game. It's a big crazy game. But if they say if they send me a letter saying you owe a debt, you as in what, like me and my family or me and my city or me and my corporation, like what? Me and my neighbors. Who is this? Who is this? You. Hey, Mike. When I go to you guys, when I go to court Monday, the letter I got uh, telling me of court. There was another letter that had the the charges on it and the case number, and uh, it said at the bottom, again, please bring this with you to court. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I gotta find out who you is. Yeah. <laughs> Once you find out, let us know. Cause fuck, he's fucking in everybody's paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to write that letter. I totally <laughs> forgot about that letter. I think he's part of an Asian youth gang. <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote a really nice letter. Um, let me uh, read it. And uh, I, I wrote it yesterday, and I got to be in court Monday, so I knew I could put it in the mail. So I got a, a courier service to pick it up this morning and deliver it. Uh, dear Bob, greetings. These are my beliefs why case number such and such should be modified. Said case interferes with my right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. See, in uh, full corner brackets, see the Declaration of Independence. At this time, due to the uh, scarcity and my inability to procure Federal Reserve debt in four corner brackets note is uh, limited and is a burden causing stress and great harm upon my four corner bracket being. I, four corner bracket, a man, wish it uh, of you, my fellow man, in any capacity no longer pursue this matter and let me be. Signed, dated, or kind of yards, signed and dated. So uh, that's, uh, that got delivered today by a courier who had to get a signature to deliver it. Did you talk to Carl about that? It's, oh, yeah. It's, 
it sounds good, but it, it it's long and there's some pretty uh, fancy pants words in there. But yeah, it yeah. definitely gets to the point. It sounds. Like I try Carl. not to send nothing without talking to Morpheus. <laughs> well, that's the thing too. Is like you, you send it, you go and uh, you go and file it, and uh, you got something to talk about. Well, I'm not filing it. Um, I, this is a personal letter, so it's not going to get filed. So what are you going to ask the court? To let me alone. So is that, who's that going to? The, prosec- the guy acting as prosecutor or the guy acting as judge? The guy that wears the uh, black robe and acts like a woman. You guys hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so if they uh, they uh, ask me to do anything else, I'd be like, okay, well, uh, let me think about that. Give me, uh, you know, 48 hours, and I'll let you know. And uh, instead of having to come back here to court, what other way can we correspond? You know, we correspond through Skype or... You know, uh, <laughs> can I call you? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we don't need to waste valuable course resources to take care of this. I'll let you know, you know, is there any other way besides coming back in here that I can let you know? They, you know, like want me to, instead of, okay, well, we're going to, instead of paying, you know, Federal Reserve notes, you're, uh, you can do community service. Well, I take that advisement, but let me uh, think about it. Me, uh, you know, 24 hours, 48 hours, and I'll let you know. Yeah, I wonder why he wanted to use the word procurement. Or procure. Or I didn't whatever. put meant. I put just procure. Yeah, I wonder why he chose that word. He said to look it up. Who, Carl? Well, who else? Yeah. It just seems <laughs> funny because I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't tell the Taco Bell drive-through lady that I'm here to procure my tacos. <laughs> Bring about cause effect from old French. Care for, be occupied with, bring about, cause, acquire, provide. And directly from Latin, to manage and take care of. Sounds good to me. So you're telling them that you... At this time, you have an inability to manage your Federal Reserve notes? Well, no. To, to acquire them, yeah, it's really a pain in the ass. There's not well, a lot what, was, what was the Latin version? Inability to manage, wasn't it, or something? The Latin? Yeah, what was to the Latin? Ma- 
manage, take care of? So if you have an inability to manage or take care of Federal Reserve notes, that doesn't really sound good. Well, I don't know Latin. I'm not using Latin. I'm using comedy. Well, there's also Old French, and one of yeah. the definitions is to bring about. Yeah, that's it. It's not like to he bring can, about. Yeah, he can't pull. He can't pull Federal Reserve notes out of his ass. It's basically what he's saying. They don't grow on trees in my backyard. You know, you're asking for something that I can't, I can't procure, I can't bring about. Which is older, the Latin or the French? See, I would just find a word that doesn't mean this in Latin or that in French, because they're going to pick. They're about the same thing, same time. 13th century. I think the Latin may be a few years older, but, you know, most laws, uh, or most of the civil laws uh, derive from French and Latin. Yeah, but, see, that's my problem, is there's a French version and a Latin version from roughly the same time, and they mean two different things. Right. But why not make your own, why not make your own definition and say, this is, this is the word I'm using, and this is where this comes from. Right. And in a simple letter, putting footnotes now. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That word came from Carl. Technically, he's bringing the legal definition. But see, I would, I would maybe think about what does obtain mean. Look that up. Look up acquire. Yeah. I'm unable to get, or I'm unable to acquire, or I'm unable to obtain necessary amount of Federal Reserve notes or whatever. Right. Just try and find something that that is more specific. Great. Hopefully manage. Procure. It's manage. It's from yeah, Latin. See? Can't manage to bring something about. You know, it's uh, if I gave you an order, Mike, to go and lift up that pickup truck in the front yard, that's something you can't you can't manage. You can't procure that. Yeah. It's out of your reach can't bring that about. You can't cause it. No. It's basically stating the impossibility of it. Yeah. You're asking for something that's impossible for me to do and it's causing me harm. I'm sure Mike would get pretty freaking sore arms if he sat there trying to bench that freaking pickup truck for, for the next <laughs> week or so. It's going to cause him harm. Can't seem to manage it. Yeah, if you're paying me to do it, it's going to cost you a lot of money. thing is procure too if you break it down from pro means in behalf of and cure means to care for
Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't write my letters that formal. Well, that's the thing too is that you look at all the different definitions that are the different words they have for procure. You know, they're all really close. It's not like they have very diverse different meanings. Mm-hmm. You know, to bring about or to cause or to affect, right? Or to care for, be occupied with, bring about, cause, acquire, provide, manage. I think we'll all use different words, too, because it's like anything. We all do it in different ways, and we're all comfortable in different ways. So, you know, as as long as we're confident in the words that we're using and we're comfortable with the words that we're using and, and they suit the, the case, then um, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, the definition of a word is just an opinion anyways, but... Everybody everybody might have a different opinion of what procure means. Yeah. And not just that word. There's hundreds of words where everybody thinks they know what it means because they know what it means to them. Exactly. My so, belief. I don't know. Which I think is the point where Carl's usually saying use one-syllable, two-syllable words that everybody knows the meaning of. Mm-hmm. That way there's no room for interpretation. Well, I didn't. Uh, I didn't pull that word out. Um, Carl did. So yeah, that's I why. I, that's why I said right from the beginning. I wonder why he picked that word. It just. It yeah. just doesn't seem like the Taco Bell girl type of word. Well, he did tell you to look it up, right? So you said yeah, use he the did. word. He sure did. Yes. He said well, use the word. First, when he was talking, it, it it cut out when he was when he spoke it. So I asked him what he said. I thought that's what he said, but I just asked him to repeat himself, and he goes, oh, you got to look that word up. <laughs> and I said, well, what did you say? And he, he goes, procure, and I said, okay. Well, I didn't hear it. It cut out. Yeah. To me, it's a pain. Yeah, I know that you're writing to a judge and everything, but I don't, I don't do my man-to-man or my man-to-man letters all that formal. Well, I'm responding to his letter to me that ruled Nissy. This is what that is. Um, this is a reason, my belief, why I wish to amend this contract. This is, this is the answer to that. I still think take care of is better definition for procure in that sentence. Because he was ordered to do something and he can't he can't do it, so he can't take care of it. Yeah, it's the old maxim: uh, an impossibility is not required by law. They can't force you to do the impossible. That doesn't make sense. No. Yeah, I, I did have all those Federal Reserve debt notes that they wanted, but today I had to, uh, last night I took my dog into the uh, veterinarian and I left him overnight and he had surgery today, so all those debt notes are gone that they wanted. <laughs> so I don't have any more. 
Yeah, see, I don't, even get in, I don't even get into all that debt notes, Federal Reserve notes, all that. Yeah, Carl, uh, Carl probably put that in there. Money, if that's what they're asking for. Well, it shows that I know that they are, you know, it's debt and <laughs> basically what that's doing. Tell them you can afford three Rusty Dales every week. <laughs> Mark's trying to show him how smart he is, and I'm trying to show him how dumb I am. <laughs> Offer him an empty dog food bag every month unless they got something else of value that they can uh, think of that they would take in exchange. Yeah. Is there anything else of value <laughs> besides this? <laughs> I don't know. By the end of the month, I'm usually standing here holding an empty dog food bag. I can give you that every month, but other than that, I don't know. You want me to come uh, shovel the snow off your driveway, or? Yeah. Overextend was asking to hear your letter ports if you wanted to read it. The one to the chief, chief or chief of police. Want to read it? Yeah, it's not that long. It's uh, Kevin Craig is the chief of police in Jefferson, where I got pulled over twice and going through this whole ordeal. So I, I sent him a letter before asking if he was the man uh, in his capacity as police chief that was able to or had the authority to release property because, you know, the, the public notice saying that they they're holding my truck I never got a response to that, so I figured I'd send him another letter and uh, kind of poke the bear. Because with my, you know, firewood business and tree service, I pretty much drive all over the place. Whatever definition of drive you want to use, I, I'm out on the public roads in my property. So, so I figure it's all. Go ahead. So the, this guy you wrote a letter to, he was called out as a man and it was pointed out to him that he was a public servant with a duty and an obligation and he didn't respond to your letter? Uh, not that he didn't respond to the letter, but um, I'll just read it off real quick. It says, uh, greetings, Kevin. As a courtesy, I wish to inform you that I will be taking my property upon public roadways where I believe I have the right to be. It is also my wish that you in your capacity as police chief, train, monitor, and discipline the subordinate employees of your agency. It is not my intent to interfere or trespass on any other man or woman's property, nor do I wish any man or woman acting in any capacity to interfere with or trespass upon my property. Please confer with your legal department to avoid any personal injury liability in the future. Thank you for your attention to this matter. No response is required. However, I will be glad to spend the time should you feel compelled to correspond. Kind regards. My name signed everything. That's awesome. And that way, if they don't respond, I can at least take that letter. And I did send it registered mail. I had my wife 
mail it off and got photocopies of everything and and I got the return I haven't got the return receipt yet. But we just sent it off yesterday, so this way if they don't respond I can always take this into court and say, Look, I you know, as a courtesy told them that I was going to be in a place where I believed I had the right to be with my property and it wasn't my intent to, you know, interfere with anyone else or so the next time it happens. Good for you, yeah. Ron. That, uh, I, I like that letter. I, I think that's uh, really decent, you know. That's um, that, that's a different truck, right? They still got to give you your truck back? Yeah, I've got one truck still in impound. It's, I'm, I'm driving my uh, another truck. An 87 Ford dump truck that uh, <laughs> you look at it and you don't even know where the hell license plate's supposed to be on it anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, they don't like well, pulling you over anymore anyway, do they? Oh, they pulled my wife over uh, two, three days ago because she doesn't have an inspection. She's got license, insurance, registration, tags, you know, whole nine yards. And, uh, she got pulled over for no inspection sticker on our, on our truck because we just bought the truck, you know, a month or two back. And uh, the cop, the local cop, I think he knows me. Anyway, he just he gave her a verbal warning, didn't write anything out, said slow down, get your truck registered or uh, inspected. Slow down is that an order? <laughs> yeah, my my wife uh, is uh, not doesn't have the. Uh, no, I I was just kidding. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, I'll take that under advisement. <laughs> yeah. So I got about a week left before I've got to. Uh, submit my closing arguments. And when I went down when I went down to see Carl, I, I brought uh remember we, we spoke for like four hours on Gus's show and everybody was throwing ideas out and I kinda just had a hodgepodge of incomplete ideas and thoughts and Carl read through them and just said it was scrambled eggs and uh there was no like structure and you gotta like walk them hand in hand through the story and <laughs> so I don't know. I, I start. I've been working on it as much as I can, and I've, I've got like four pages of just more incomplete thoughts. <laughs> and uh, my wife's going crazy and and panicking, and she says I'm waiting till the last minute. But I, uh, I don't know. Not looking good for the home team. So you have it mostly written. It's just a lot of arranging to do now. Yeah. I mean, I think I have to structure it as far as like the, you know, um, whereas and then therefores and 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 all that. But the the one thing that keeps sticking in my mind is the judge has specifically said, and and I haven't been able to get a copy of the, the order. 
but he said that the closing arguments have to only include what test, you know, as far as the testimony. But they gave me a CD of the, the audio, and it's, I, I can't play the CD. I don't have a computer. I've got a Kindle Fire and a and an Xbox, and it won't play on an Xbox. So kind of screwed as far as the audio. I guess I can go to the library. got to get your Xbox uh, packed. <laughs> so you can play other stuff. <laughs> you should tell tell the court, hey, the CD ain't working, man. You got to give me something else, uh, and you can get more time because of that, probably. Now, at this point, I don't even want any more time. I just want I want them. I want to submit my closing argument and. Play some music, I guess. Yeah, I don't know if it's mostly written. It's just a matter of organization. That's probably not too bad. Well, I went through, I, I mean, I've gone through just about every YouTube call there is regarding, you know, traffic or or right to travel, and I've jotted you know down all the notes that I can, and it's just a matter of like typing it out and putting it to where it's organized, and I need it like step by step, like uh, you know making you know appearance and capacity, and uh, you know idiot in regards to the legal society, and then go back down through the actual events, and then you know wasn't operating under a license at the time, and um, oh, my mind's just a blank right now. Well, it sounds good what you're saying. It sounds really good what you're saying. My opinion. Because like I'm can... just trying to think, should it be... I remember I read through a rough draft or whatever you had a while ago, but I, I forgot to go back and look at it again. But um, it might be an idea to put everything in order of priority, like importance. Yeah. Like this is the main, this is the main fact, and this is also very important. This is also very important, and going in list of importance. Or I don't know if it's the right situation for it, but you could think about putting it in chronological order. This happened first, this happens first, this or this happens next, this next. I think as far as importance, you know, the thing that pisses me off is that they gave my wife the tickets for uh, allowing suspended license to drive. You know? You already you already claimed liability for those, didn't you? I tried, yeah. And on the stand, under oath, I testified that uh, through coverture, I accepted all liability for. Uh, uh, I can't remember exactly what I said, but uh, the prosecution objected to it and said coverture was a uh, uh, archaic and I don't know. But like I 
what keeps coming back to my mind is uh, aiding the ferment, uh, aiding fermentation by use of uh, you know uh, artificial, artificial heat source. Yeah, I mean, there's 50 words that you could pick out. I wasn't a driver. She didn't allow me. Uh, you know, I wasn't suspended. It was expired. Uh, you know, contract was void. So, I mean, there's you know five words there that I can pick out and. and I'm going to mute out. I'm just, my mind's like lost right now. Needs rest. You don't know, decide what order you're going to put it in or what idea you think you might want to put it in and just kind of patch it together and send it to me. I'll look through it. I remember seeing it when you posted it a long time ago. Well, not a long time ago, but when you posted it a while ago and then I forgot to go back and look at it. You should take a break from this call and go throw your feet up and turn on the fireplace and warm glass of wine. Got to make sense to you. Yeah. I'd be getting off the phone and relax. You need Your brain needs a break. I do. I just say I'm muting everybody out and going to bed tonight. Got all till 3 o'clock in the morning if you wish. <laughs> Right, friends? Does he need some rest? Tell him to get off the call. Or I'm going to mute him anyway. Is that in order? I'll block him from the chat, too. What are you so, talking about? You need rest. <laughs> he needs a rest. He's Who needs a rest? He need, he's under arrest? <laughs> Tanya, isn't this your call? Where are you coming during this whole call? Come on. <laughs> Tell him somebody to get off and go take a break from it, eh? <laughs> Yeah. Some, sometimes we do, eh? We don't need burnout. We're, what good are we if we're burnt out, eh? <laughs> and we have to take care of I. Right? Nobody else will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you are under arrest. <laughs> I wish to have one in solitude for a little while. But that's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, I'm under arrest? I, I, I need that in writing. <laughs> yeah. And I need to be compensated for my time for being under arrest. Other than that, I'm good with it. Oh, yeah, it's a late night, eh? Night's just young yet. Strange coming from you, men. Well, I thought you said that you were going to be getting, you know, pooped out. Who, me? I, no, I'm saying didn't you I just do, say that? No, I'm saying if I do, then, I, then I'll then i say to you, it's a good night. I'm going, i got to go down for the camera. Uh, brain's not, no, I said if I, if I'm tired. Oh, okay, sorry. It sounded like ports. Yeah, he needed. Yeah. That's about the time I think when your brain's not working. That's the time to get away from it, right? You know, away from the talk show and 
off the computer and just throw your feet up and take some time out for you, you know. Well, I can always listen to the stuff later, right? Yeah. Yeah, if you're not taking it in, what's the sense? Right? Mm-hmm. What's the sense? Mm-hmm. Only doing you more harm than any good. Because then, then all yeah, the exactly. information gets scrambled. And some of us, it doesn't take much to scramble information in 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 eyes brain. Yeah. 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 I know we all we all have to every once in a while just say, you know, no, I can't take it in tonight. It's not going to do me any good. So why, you know, it's not like we're ordered to do it. This is no, gotta be, but it, uh, this has got to be out of a love. You know, it's got to be out of a love. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think the call you you recorded the call, didn't you? Yeah, right from the beginning. Yeah. Right from the beginning, yeah. I'm I'm getting good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. How long has people can? <laughs> I don't know. How long has it been for me to automatically push the record button? A year. I think you started right around seven. So. Yeah, yeah, I pushed it right off the hop up, Brian. Actually, before you were here. Yeah. I'm getting real sharp, aren't I? Yeah, you beat me to it, boy. You're you're <laughs> you're just crazy. You're just a toxic craze. And I, I'm just getting so. So good for my old age. Surprise mm-hmm. myself. <laughs> so I was just uh, actually listening to a, a video you had sent me, Brian, on cancer. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was in. Well, I was, that was when uh, I was I was just doing a little bit of research when somebody else yeah. was talking about the cancer thing, so I just yeah. posted that. So. Thank you. Thank you. Very informative. Uh-huh. Wanted to mention that. Anyway, I don't want to get you guys sidetracked. We just wanted to kick ports off and they have a good night. But he's not. But he's not. He's still on chat here. A lot of the time, I do that myself. You know, I'll well, I won't be on chat. I'll be pretty well on the phone, and you know, I'll be going to bed, and I'll have uh, you know an earpiece in my ear, and I'll be nodding off. So. Oh, li- listening to the show, listening to the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think we, you know, going to, I don't think personally, myself, that going to bed with this ingrained in your brain, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing, because I don't think a person really gets a good night's rest after listening to a talk show, because it's so serious, and, you know, we're... Well. We're committed, we're committed, but I, I think a person should fall into a sleep, you know, a nice relaxing sleep with a little, you know, some nice music or, you know, not somebody sitting there banging on a set of drums into your brain while you're trying to sleep. I think I wake up some mornings with a frown on my face. <laughs> well, you know I mean, the, the, the old tradition they used to say, you know, if you want to learn something, put the book under your bed or under your pillow. Yeah. So, yeah, well, we, I mean, we did that, we did that when we were studying, eh? Brainwashed yeah. in in school that you just you you took it all in until you couldn't take any more, and then you yeah. get and do do the test, and usually you'd screw up anyway. At least that's the way I I did in school. I yeah. I've worked hard. Yeah. I think they were just dealing, dealing with the theory of osmosis, but um, 
you know, certain people do well with uh, listening to this stuff while their subconscious is going on. Yeah. And certain people, you know, they thrive on the rest and they don't want, they want their subconscious doing something else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody has their own tactic on it. Yeah, you that's know, true. I, I, I like to go to sleep with it, and sometimes I uh, wake up uh, not so happy in the morning. Sometimes I wake up pretty good in the morning, so. Yeah, we're not even the experts on ourselves, are we? <laughs> what do we know? Uh, yeah, I'm the farthest uh, from the truth on myself, so. I say if you want to get smart, read what smart people wrote. Yeah. Well, if you have the chance, hang out with smart people. Well, yeah, that's in the Bible too, eh? If you, you're you with the wise, you become wise. If you hang with the stupid, you become stupid. And it uses that exact word, stupid. Remember that one? If you, I forget what it is. You something with the wise, you become wise. But if, you, um, if you're with the stupid, you'll become stupid. And that's so true, eh? You know, a lot of people... Well, Pardon me? I was going to say, in, in, in my case, I'm not going to say where I work or anything, but the company has become, I wouldn't say corrupt, but I would say that they become, their the words that they use become more legal in term, and the extent of what is it, uh, deniability. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is there? And, and it's opening my eyes to, like, wow, this is what corporate really is. Like, wow. Business to business, this is what law is about. Like it's just when you, until you actually see this kind of crap happening before your eyes, you, it just really seems, you know, okay, okay, you know, I'll take on face value. But you know, when you're, you know, some manager is saying something, whatever, and they pass an email to you, and they write back to them and say, okay, well, you know, so on and so forth, and then they just don't even. Don't even uh, acknowledge that they've even seen that email. Like, yeah, it's a whole, uh, a whole world, a whole new different world, isn't it? In comparison to, yeah. you know, say the yeah. way we have what we have in common. That yeah, that's a whole new world. That's like the elite, you know, which we never even see is a whole new world. Yeah, it's like the universe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it would be hey, kind of interesting. It would be kind of interesting seeing it. Who's that? New Jersey. No, it's not. Thanks, Mark. No, this is uh, Mark in Atlanta. I heard you, Brian, I heard you talking about cancer. I heard something really neat and new um, from Shane Smith of Vice News and Vice Magazine. He was on the Joe Rogan podcast, and he's breaking a story on HBO, um, his Vice News uh, program, that uh, they took the AIDS virus, these doctors in uh, Texas, I believe, and they starved it yeah. of, of what it eats, T cells. Is this what you were talking about, or no? No, but go ahead. No, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. They they starved the AIDS virus of T cells and fed it cancer, and then they genetically modified it to eat cancer, and they've had a hundred percent cure rate. So it's going to be on HBO soon. Um, really? Sure, it'll. Yeah, he's he's got the largest news network in the world now. Um, Shane Smith is like so. You guys think you're watching CNN? You think it's the biggest news network? Uh, he won all the awards basically for news and news broadcasting, and uh, it's uh, he was the first one to break the ISIS story. Um, he's the first one to I forgot what else it broke, but 
Um, it's uh, it's really neat. Uh, he didn't really talk about it all that much, um, but it's pretty amazing. So, yeah. But what's his name again? What what's his Sh- name? Shane Smith. He's actually a Canadian. Okay, Shane S H A N E. Yeah. Shane Smith. Yeah. Did you record it? Uh, Mark. Smith. What's that? I was saying, did you podcast? record any of these? Yeah. Oh, it's on Joe Rogan's podcast. So uh, oh, okay. you go to Joe Rogan. And the most recent, uh, one of the most recent time he appeared was like, uh, I think it was two weeks ago. Um, and that's okay. when he broke it. Yeah. He was like, I, he got drunk on the podcast. And he's like, I can't believe I just told y'all before it even went on HBO. So <laughs> uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. To think about they did that. Wow, yeah. So my first thought was, well, what happens when it eats all the when the the, the new virus that they made eats all the uh, the cancer out of your body? What's it going to eat next, or does it just die, or does yeah, it go back yeah. to eating what it ate before? And I'm sure that uh, they'll discuss that on the uh, on the on the show on HBO. I, 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 yeah, you know that. Yeah, that's what the, what it is with anything man-made. You don't know what the results are going to be. And you, as we can see in the world now, um, the results of man's technology, you know, how it's destroying us totally. Yeah, so that's the scary part. As far as I'm concerned, if it's not natural, you know, and, and being, you know, used by uh, men, many men and women, and you can actually, you know, I almost want to speak to the, these people, you know, I, I, I wouldn't yeah. put it in my body. I wouldn't put it in my body, but some sort of... Uh, well, if I'm about to die of, you know, if I'm about to die of cancer and uh, yeah. I can take this virus, you know, hey, I think I'm going to go for the virus, you know. That's yeah, gonna eat. yeah. The only thing it's going to eat is cancer? Shit, you know, bring it on. And plus they have had, you know... Well, that, once you know, yeah. Yeah, they've had, you know they've had a cure. Be. I mean, they've been curing. They haven't had any... It's 100% so far, the people that they've used it on. So. Great. Uh, yeah. It'll be 100 years before it uh, meets FDA approval. <laughs> it says the FDA will be around in 100 years. Yeah. No. They may be, but the thing is that uh, nobody's going to, the idea of it is that uh, they're not going to let this shit out. They're going to, you know, bastardize it and say it. Not no, real. I believe it. I from the way he was talking, I think uh, it's the newest thing. So. Well, Mark, uh, Boing Snap was wanting to ask you, um, is this called the Vice, V-I-C-E? Yeah, it's Vice. His original, his original um, adventure, or uh, what do you want to call it, was Vice Magazine. And then oh, yeah. he started Vice News. And it's uh, it's on its third season coming up, I believe, on HBO. So okay. coming up this spring. HBO. Well, that makes sense. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, you said for Vice. No, 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 no. Shane Smith of Vice Magazine. Joe Rogan did the podcast and had Shane Smith on as a guest. Joe oh, Rogan's okay. uh, an MMA commentator, yeah. and he used to be on Fear Factor, and now he yeah. just does yeah. uh, podcasting and his own thing. So. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for that information. Yeah. That's really interesting, you know, and I'm, it's going to be educational. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. 
Yeah, I think it's awesome. I mean, the, that they've actually just the thought of doing that. I mean, yeah. Let's starve the virus so it eats something else. That that just total makes total sense in a way. You know. Well, I I think most people know that sugar is attracted to cancer. That's how they actually run some of these tests. Is they'll put sugar in a solution into your body, and probably with a dye. You know, that's going to make you sick too. But and then they, you know, they they X-ray your body, your bloodstream, or however they do it in the sugar. Oh, I don't know. My my the mom. Sugar's attracted. My mom passed away from cancer in '97. She fought it for seven years. She did all that chemo, and then she was just like, "I'm done with chemo." Uh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah. she's like, "I'm done." They they did exploratory surgery on her. And, wow. Uh, wow. Yeah, it was it was really a mess. It was right in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's I know. I've I've lost three younger sisters and a and my mother, and I don't like to repeat it, but I I have mentioned it once in a while. So, uh, yeah, I feel the pain. I feel the pain, and it drives me crazy. And I love learning this stuff. You know, but yeah, even I, like even like common law, it's hard to tell people because they think you're nuts. Yeah, they've also um, he brought up another. I forgot what disease it was, but it's where your body starts eating your own bones. Yeah, I and mean, uh, they're they're genetically modifying. I believe it's measles, uh, the measles virus, to help out with that. They're working on that, and then that that's going to be on the show on Vice. So. That's, hmm. On the on HBO. Oh, that'll sound really interesting. It is very neat and interesting. <laughs> Do you know what day it was? Oh no, it hasn't aired yet. I know. Do you know what day it's, it's going to be? Oh no, no, I don't. You could probably look up HBO and uh, find out. Google on, it. On, yeah, Google it when when Vice Magazine or Vice News begins on that on their show. So. If you know anybody with HBO, have them record it if you can or whatever. I'm sure it'll be on uh, just a little snippet. I'm sure it'll make YouTube. It's going to be huge. Yeah. When it breaks, finally. Wow. Well, that's interesting. But it's almost scary. I don't know. There's something I feel really weird about, and I'm not sure what it is. Well, Vice used to be uh, open source and on Internet only, but they kind of went global. And, uh, yeah, you could... You couldn't get a subscription unless you wrote a letter asking them um, for a magazine to send to your house. And it, was, it, it wasn't a really a news magazine. I mean, they had news articles in there in the beginning, but it was all just, you know, tongue-in-cheek stuff and uh, advertisements for neat little shoes and com- small companies that are starting their own businesses. And uh, it was a free magazine you can go pick up at one of the local businesses that's uh, homegrown. They had it. They didn't have it like at, you know, Sears or anywhere else like their Kmart or your local grocery store. It was at like a homegrown um, clothing shop. You could get the Vice magazine. You could get it for free there or you could send them like 30 bucks and get a year subscription. But you had to write them a letter and then uh, paying for it that way. They didn't like advertise because they did, it was more it was more pain in the butt to mail it to your house than anything. Um and it just grew and grew and grew, and now he's a billionaire, and he's like, I could quit what I'm doing, but I, I want to, you know, this is what I'm what I'm doing is news. And he's like, everybody told him there's no money to be made in news. He's a freaking billionaire now. So <laughs> it's, it's really cool. So you're saying this source, this Chain Smith, you really trust him? Oh yeah, I've been I've been 
Fall Advice magazine since mm-hmm, mm-hmm. way well, before 2000. So. Well, well, that's nice to know because, you know, when you hear it from someone personally, like we're hearing it from you, you know, it has more impact on, you yeah, know. It's no, it, it's no bullshit news. I yeah, mean, really, yeah. it's no bullshit. So it's, it's something that you, yeah, we, we can, you know, maybe take an opportunity, might trust, like I'm really suspicious of anything, you know, pretty much. But, uh, no, that's... That's they have reporters embedded in uh, that they've reporters from other countries, like say uh, Afghanistan, you know, and they befriended oh. this reporter, and he would start working for Vice and do an expose day on uh, a little part in Afghanistan that makes guns. The whole thing with North Korea and Rodman getting into North Korea with uh, Kim Jong Il. That was because of Shane Smith. Wow. I've actually wow. watched yeah. that one where they went and toured North Korea. Yeah, Shane it Smith was an actually, actual joke. It took him two years to get a, uh, a uh, what do you call it, a visa or whatever, uh, at, to get admission into North Korea. And the reason they went there is to apparently Kim Jong Il, um, the, the past one, he was an avid movie maker. And they wanted to go see how he made his movies. And he actually uh, made a, a little Hollywood um, studio to exact specifications of one of the Hollywood studios in North Korea. And uh, they got to see that. It was, it was a big joke, like you said. I mean, like, he, they had to go get tailored suits. And they, got, they went to this tailor. And it, he said that, uh, what was it, Terry? The tailor was only there for them. Like, there was no... No other orders, like they put the tailor up just for them. Yeah, you know, them and, and all the restaurants that they went to. Yeah, they were they just were there like for the them. only people eating. Yep. And they were showing people like uh, the, the vast library and the internet, and they had people there just basically just staring at a screen because they weren't actually surfing the internet. It was yeah, just it was like all a fake. picture. It was all fake. It was all. It was all fake, just like the new movie. Um, that was what that movie was based on. Um, the new movie that just came out. I forgot the name of the interview. It was based on that that little trip that Shane Smith did, and uh, yeah, it's, it's really neat. But this guy's I, I, anything he puts out, he's not going to put out bullshit. He he has a reputation, and he he holds it up. So well, now, know, as far as I'm as far as the Vice magazine, 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 that's some of the weirdest stuff I've ever read, you know. But uh, <laughs> the news that he started, I think he started like two years ago, um, Vice News, and it's just, it's awesome. Well, you know, um, as far as my feelings, it's not so much even Shane Smith. Like, um, I know there's a lot of great people in the world, you know, but if this um, if this uh, thing that's killing the 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 AIDS virus, um, can we trust it? Just because Shane's, his um, information... Well, no, he interviewed these doctors that are working on it. He has nothing to do with the, with the you know, the actual oh, working no, on the virus. He no, broke no. the story. He's, he's breaking the story on HBO that oh, they're see. now working on. So, yeah. So, yeah, now he's questioning you with all this kind of stuff. We might as well just watch the show. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right. He yeah. Well, thank you. No, that's that's excellent information. Yeah. 
that's another thing too is that if 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 HBO gets them on there, then HBO gets to tell them what they can air and what they can't air. Um, I don't think so. I think he was discussing that when he got the contract with HBO. Um, he uh, he knows what he's doing. He's got he can yeah. It's, oh wow! It's his, it's his baby. He is the he has eighty or ninety nine percent of Vice News. He owns the stock, so what he says goes. But only a few other people <laughs> get to advise him. But he what he says goes. He's the last stop. People said he was nuts for doing that, but uh, he did it, and uh, he's a winner as far as I'm concerned. Wow. Well, that is a great connection, isn't it? You know, it sounds like... It it sounds to me like it's a very good connection as far as knowing what's really going on in the world. Do you think? Or can you trust Jesse Ventura or Robin Ard or what? Well, as far as news, I mean, uh, world news. Have a great I mean, well. does Robin Ard go around the world and interview people? I mean, he's uh, Shane Smith is talking about having the first interview with Putin on uh, his his news network, and then he's going to go interview Obama. Obama. So, really? Um, wow. Yeah, this is uh, he, and he. It's not bullshit. You know, questions. He knows what's going on. Um, just yeah, go download the podcast, and you'll hear how how legit this guy is. Go download yeah. the Joe Rogan podcast. Nobody on wants there. to talk to Menard. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did the interview for CBC News, and you should see what the fuck they did with that interview. <laughs> Has anybody actually watched it? I know I mentioned this before. Rob Menard did an interview with CBC. Oh, I think I might have seen that one where there, it, it was like they were sitting in a big mall. There was lots of people walking around. That's right. That's yeah. right. Thank yeah, I saw that one. I saw that one. NBC played <clears throat> played the short edited version, made him look terrible, and then he posted the full interview. Yeah. All right. In the full interview, it's like this is not what we were talking about at all. They just took certain words out of context to make it look like he was some raving terrorist. Because that's what they wanted for the news. They did the same thing to Dean Clifford. They put all the clips in where he said, I haven't paid taxes since 1989. And they take everything right out of context and put the worst things you say in there. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, this should be interesting. So what's the best way to... First, you have to see if you've got HBO now. Um... Run by me what HBO is again. HBO. It's a paid cable news network, or cable uh, show network. Show. So we have Bell Express View, so can we get HBO? Yeah, you can, she can just find all that stuff on YouTube, can't she? I don't know if they're going to play it on YouTube. They might play little snippets um, as far as like... Uh, well, Vice has started to do that as soon as they were on HBO. They would only they put do like little two-minute things on on YouTube, whereas right. before they had the, before the contract, you could actually watch like a full-hour documentary about something. So mm-hmm. it kind of really pissed me off because I used to watch Vice all the time. They had some good stuff. Oh, Gives yeah. you a different different perspective of what's right. actually happening. 
like they'll do something about uh, uh, I watched one about uh, the uh, the one country that has the law that uh, you have to kidnap a woman to marry her and they actually have this big ceremony where they a bunch of people go and, and abduct her off the street and force her into a marriage but that was the custom you know and, and all kinds of stuff like like really interesting stuff so yeah, there's all kinds of stuff to talk about, uh, you know, uh, a lot of the real issues that doesn't always get talked about. Yeah. Truth being hidden. Yeah. Also. And they're usually talking to the the people. They're not talking to, uh, to, to governments and news reporters that tell you what you can and cannot put in the news. You know, they actually go out and, and report what they actually see. So it's like a, a it's, like news, it's like news with no filter. Mhm. And that's dangerous nowadays, isn't it? The world has gotten so bad, you know, so evil, call it what you want, but now to speak the truth, you know, you can go down for it. <laughs> well, it, that's it, how it, bad our morals are, eh? Oh, well, like for example, like Vice would go into like the Middle East and go and talk to a bunch of uh, people that uh, follow Islam. And find wow. out that you know the people in Islam don't have a belief to be terrorists and and blow up buildings and all this other stuff. That's just a very small concentration of people. But the news yeah, they went to uh, they they were actually when Libya was being overthrown, they were filming, and uh, during that whole Shane was there. He he was in Libya while the Libya was being overthrown, and uh, they were at a front and. Filming and interviewing, they aired that, and like CNN, they're not going to do that, you know. NBC, CBS, all those other news channels, they have, they don't even touch what Vice does, Vice News. They, they can't. They don't have it. Shane must be very, very smart in order to um, be able to avoid being killed, you know, for one thing. They, there was another, uh, this one I believe is on, on YouTube when he went to, uh, with four other people. He got on a train in Russia and went to northeast Russia, way over where, right above North Korea. And he did an expose on how North Korean uh, slaves are being shipped over into Russia to farm timber for Russia to pay back a loan that Russia gave North Korea back in the day. Hmm. Wow. And he asked the uh, the people that were working there. There were there was there weren't any guards, um, you know, like guarding these these slaves. And they like, why don't you just leave? And he, the the guy responded like, they'll kill my family. So, I mean, (laughs) it's crazy what he does. And uh, I don't know, I didn't mean to get off off the law, but you guys were talking about cancer. No, no, this is all part of life, you know. And this is real serious part of life. And and this guy sounds like a great connection. I've Twittered uh, Shane Smith many times about Carl and trying to get him to interview Carl. Do like a little show 
Uh, wow. So if you all find out that you like Shane Smith, do the same. I mean, I'm just one guy. Um, it could be really neat for Carl. Yeah. Well, this is super information, hey? It's only strength. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super information. You can only make it stronger, you know? Have a real, have a truth out there, you know? No, really know what's going on. Well, he he's going to break his new 24-hour news, world news uh, channel. It's going to be live streaming news 24 hours um, on the Internet and on TV and on your phone, on your whatever you want. And uh, he's going to break it on Joe Rogan's show because he, he starts it. He just say he loves Joe Rogan. They like they like that buddy. And uh, he's not going <laughs> to... It, it's going to be the largest... He, everybody calls. Everybody says he's nuts. He's spending billions of dollars on this, and it's, it's going to happen. And I can't wait. And wow. be cool as shit. That's big news. Oh yeah, it's going to be it. <laughs> no pun intended. It will be good news. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Boy, I think that makes our night. Makes mine anyway. You know. You know, because. I haven't heard anything that cool in a long time. That's unreal. In this world, in this system, the way it is, it's unreal for something to come out like this, isn't it? Really. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. awesome. He's a really cool dude. The fact that he's from Canada just makes it even cooler. So. Oh, that does. Where is he from? Like. I'm not. I think Ontario, but I'm not sure. Pardon me? You could probably Google it and find it out. Yeah. Truth, yeah, find it somewhere. You know, there'll be history on them. That won't be hidden. That's cool. Thank you so much for that information. Everybody should applause for that. Yay. <laughs> Everybody's dumbfounded. That's what's wrong with them. <laughs> Nobody speaks. I don't think you put them to sleep. You there, Mike? You there, Brian? Yeah, I'm here. I was just muted out doing stuff. Yeah? You're not supposed to be working. You're supposed to be relaxing. Too many irons in the fire. We're all the same, too, eh? Maybe it's bedtime for everybody? Eh, not so much bedtime for me. What time is it uh, for you, Mike? What's that? What time is it for you? I don't know, whenever. <laughs> so if Carl doesn't do a show tomorrow, who's doing the show? <laughs> Anybody going to have one? Yeah, I don't know. I could have one uh, if Carl starts his show. I can just cancel mine. Yeah. Or if they'd open the mics, you could just talk like we're doing now. Right? I'm gonna, I want to hear what Gus has to say about, you know, what that much on. I only got a little bit today. I was busy. Well, I got a little uh, uh, 
I got a little gossip piece here too. That's you know I I, I think it's okay to mention, you know, just because I think people would be wondering because they're friends. Um, Al popped up on Skype there for a sec. Did you? I don't know if anybody else saw, but so that seems to be good news. Like because Maureen was quite worried when she left a message with me at 12:30. Okay. Oh, she said that we had court tomorrow, and she said, "Would you please pray for us?" And um, she said, and she almost started to cry. You know, she said, uh, "We hope he's not going to jail." So, and she said, "Well, I gotta let you go." So you knew she was, you know, it was hurting me. So um, anyway, when I saw Al pop up there on Skype, I, you know, texted him and said, "Hey, we're having a show." Gave him a number and I said, "If you want to pop over," but. Uh, Sounds like he might have had, you know, quite a day today, but it sounds like he's still around, not in their arms. Just thought I'd share that. Good news. I look forward to hearing what happens with those guys, too. Yeah, yeah. It becomes part of your... uh, your life, eh? After well, yeah, we're know. all learning from each other's experiences, right? Yeah, yeah. We're all clearing mm-hmm. the air. Yeah. Miss John on the call. I haven't heard his voice on any calls for I don't know how many months. When Al gets a chance, he could probably update us on um, Joe and Catherine. Well, that's why we got to stay strong, eh? And because we're all, we're ho- hopefully we'll all go through something, so we'll have some more experience. It's kind of scary sometimes. I think it is, but I know there's some some times that you know there might be a cop at my door here anytime here soon. So I'm kind of rolling everything around in my mind, thinking, okay, now what have I learned here? What, how am I going to deal with this situation? You know what I mean? When you think it might be coming, at least you've got some time to think about it. It's kind of, you know, that's a good, the good part of it. But yeah, it's all experiences for all of us, eh? and and uh, if we really push it, we're going to have one. As I was saying to a friend of mine the other day about talking natural cures and all this kind of stuff, I said after a while it becomes part of your life, and you end up just naturally talking it, eh? You know, same as common law, or with me, natural cures, or with someone else, it could be bikes, motorcycles, cars, whatever, computers, it becomes a part of your life, and you end up just talking like that all the time, so uh, you kind of get, you can get ready for these situations, I'm seeing personally some changes, you know, that my brain and mind and heart and everything is going through, it's kind of neat seeing these, these changes even in yourself, and it only comes from experience. Studying, doing what we're doing, eh? Kind of cool. Whole new way of life, right? I gotta say good night to Ren.
So does every province have its own Adjudicature Act? Uh, depends. Adjudicate what? <laughs> I don't. I don't remember seeing one in Ontario. I don't know, it's probably from the 1800s if we got one. No. There's only four in J. Jewish Heritage Month Act. No, adjudicature. Adjudicator. A.D. Sure. Uh, Adjudicative Tribunals Accountability Governance and Appointments Act. It's a mouthful. What's the point of this? Public accountability documents. Funny how this uh, this group is really critical. I'm the same way too. Now they're all having second thoughts or thinking Shane Smith. He's on their team. So everybody's everybody's suspicious, and it's not a wonder why, because eh? everything's so crooked. <laughs> but they've got some good points here. He's worth over five hundred million. I didn't know that. It's pretty good money. You're almost in with the royalty when you're making that kind of money, eh? Or some sort of royalty, a little more royal than most of us. That's that's big. Well, the last show he was on on Joe Rogan, he said he was a billionaire. Wow. Slightly. So. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of make you wonder, you know, how somebody. You don't see it very often how somebody with a lot, a lot of money, does something that seems so good, because in this corrupt system we're in, you know, it's just not norm. So it does make you kind of wonder, eh? You, you'll be keeping, we'll be keeping our eyes peeled, you know. But um, it's worth checking out, don't you think? I'm gonna. I hope to. I wish to. You guys want to call it night? And I think Cheyenne's still here, so I shouldn't say just guys. A men show. A man show. Yeah. 
you just want to elaborate on anything else, gentlemen, or it's up to you. You guys have got the floor most of the time. <laughs> and that's okay. Somebody's got to. There won't be a show. Yeah. Well, has anybody got anything they wish to ask? Or We do have more than three people on the call. Yeah. Nice turnout. Old friends. I guess we only got five. No worries. I'm just reading chat, you know, reading what Over says. Those people with that much money are always nuts. They think they need more and more and more. It never ends. Well, and... It's a rich man's mentality, right? Let me put it all in a bank account and live off the interest. Yeah. That'd be nice. There may be, There has been a lot of people, you know, that have had a lot of money and um, have... Well, to... To, uh... Um, to say he said on the Joe Rogan podcast that he was talking about this, having this much money, and he is going to purchase a bunch of land somewhere so nobody can develop it. Nobody can divert the streams. Nobody can do anything with the land. That's what he's going to do with the money. That's impressive. No, the more I hear about them, the more interesting I think I'm I'm going to be into it because it really sounds like a trip, you know. This guy's just not going to drop off tomorrow, you know, unless somebody shoots him. But it uh, sure sounds interesting to check out. And you've been watching this for quite a while and, and following him and his magazine and things like that, so it must be really cool with you. How, how many years you figure How many years you've been following this guy? Since before 2000, um, I had a I had probably years worth of magazines before our 2000, so 98, 99, I guess. Wow. It was hard to get a magazine every month. It's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. pain in the butt to drive out to some stupid store and pick up the magazine. So. Well, so you've been watching, paying attention to him for 16 years anyway. But it wasn't until the recent podcast that I knew who he was. I just knew it was a magazine. I didn't know who James Smith was until yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah. Joe Rogan started. Well, you've all obviously had your experience with him, so you know you're sharing that with us. So we shouldn't be so negative because you do have a lot of um, reputation of being, you know, following this guy. So. I think the ones that are real critical should at least, you know, take some time out to check it out for a little while. Like, it's not something that's like anything else that we're going to learn just overnight. You know, so follow this guy for, you know, at least a month and then make an opinion. <laughs> follow or don't. Right? No, it sounds interesting. Overextend's got some interesting comebacks here. He says, too bad the land is already called for. What's he no, going to buy? buy an Indian reservation? 
Oh, it's most of Canada's crown land. It's land held in trust by the crown for the people. So we could go out and find a big chunk of crown land and go through the statutory way and we could lease it for 99 years or we could just be a man and go and claim a chunk of land. If you're on the land and you're using the land, no other man has a superior claim to the land then you cannot be moved off it. Right. I didn't know that. Good point. I've heard about it, but kind of thing, but I think the 99 years now, they're, they're dropping that lease, aren't they? When the 99 years runs out now, there's no more leasing for 99 years. So I think, like you say, Mike, you'd, you'd have to go in just as a man and claim it. Well, the, the lease thing is a joke. That's yeah. for corp- that's for corporations. Yes, it's our land anyways. It's just held right. in trust yeah. by the crown for us. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty interesting. Cool. It's like way back in the old days, nothing has changed. You load up the wagon you load up the wife and the kids and you move to a new place mm-hmm. and you just set up set up shop build your own town if you're rich well there you, you go we should all get together land and claim it mm-hmm. we should all get together pick an area in the world we think we might like and start our own community say okay I think I'm going to move that's what Menard was talking about like yeah. 8 years ago everybody's talked about that that Vince guy that's always on Angela's show, that's what he's trying to do now in Colorado. Dean's been talking about that forever. Rob Menard's talked about it. Everybody's talked about it. Except me. Except nobody's got any money to do it. Except, well, that takes that too. We, You can't just, you know, if you've got children and family and you just can't move right out of your life in a blink of an eye. At least most people can't unless they don't really have a life. You know, no family or friends or whatever, but that's not that easy to do. But it would be nice, wouldn't it? Which I could just ship out right now. That's so cool. That's so interesting. I'm glad I recorded this. It's been a great show and great information. You're surrounded by Crown Land. Yeah, I know. You can't throw a rock in any direction without hitting Crown Land. Yeah, southern you Ontario, would, you're not going to find any crown land. Yeah, you won't have to travel hundreds of miles to go find the middle of nowhere. You're kind of already there. Mm-hmm. So you wow. could you could just find a chunk of land just outside of town. But the thing is, then you're going to have to build a house on it. You're going to have to make a road connecting to the nearest road or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's where everybody says, I'm not doing that. I'm all set up right here. Why would I go and be a pioneer? Right. Who wants to go rough it? From what I gather from the the crown land, yeah, the the queen holds or whatever, and you're you're allowed to, like, let's say you were going from point A to point B and you were tired, you could, you know, set your tent up on that crown land and if there was any enforcement that came by, you'd say, well, this is Crown Lane. There's nothing you can do. And then you, you know, kind of move on from there. So, Yeah, but if I go and I find a hunk of Crown Land and I take it, it's not Crown Land anymore. It's mine. Yeah. Right. I, 
I don't I don't know that whole difference there, but I've just heard on the other aspect that is if if I you know happen to you know be on Crown Land, I could just you know put my tent up and then travel on and you know move on to the next spot you know to closer to the destination I wanted to be on. I think that's more provincial. Was, I think that's more provincial park than Crown Land. Mm, provincial park. If you want to camp there, you got to pay. Crown Land is there is no there's no levy or no payment to to be there. Well, Crown yeah. Land is a misnomer. It's my land. The Crown's holding it but, for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm it. just I'm speaking on the political side of shit. But I, I totally get what you're saying. I totally, totally understand what you're saying. If I find an acorn out in the middle of nowhere and I pick it up, it's my acorn unless some other man can prove that they were using it before I was. And <clears> if so, why was where were you when I picked it up? So where does the hell where where the hell is the crown to uh declare that that's hers? They're not. It's not right. their land. They don't own it. They can't possibly right. own it. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Where's the crown? Where's Mr. and Mrs. Crown? And where were they when I started using this land? Obviously, they didn't need it. They weren't using it. They can't claim ownership over it. I can claim right of use. I'm here right now. Possession's 99, 99 or nine-tenths of the law. Mm-hmm. If possession's nine-tenths of the law, I'm claiming right of use. No other man has a superior claim. No other man can prove that they're going to die if I don't get off this land. So I guess, therefore, I'm the king. But they're trying to make us believe that uh, they own it. They're trying to make us believe that. Like, I didn't know that until now. Well, they want to make you a tenant, right? Or a a leasee, because they only want to deal with corporations that can't claim land either. Right. Yeah. So essentially, they can't, they can't own the land, but nobody's making, no man is making a claim for it. Yeah, I don't know exactly what overextended means, but he typed no title, no right. That's absolutely incorrect. If it's God's land and I claim the right to use it and I'm on it, I certainly do have rights to that land. I don't need a title to that land. Unless God's going to handwrite me a title or sign it by hand. If there's another man using that land, then I don't have any right to just go and say it's mine because somebody's using it. Because technically nobody owns it. It's, It's who's using it at the time. See, what the Crown did is they went up north and they went and divided all the land into two a 200 acre parcels square blocks They're, it's it's just imaginary freaking lines yep. that they drew on the ground all they are like all right well we're going to we're going to create a title and you could just pay us for the title and then you could use it because you get the title but they never really convey the land but probably backs well, see, when, when a corporation, quote, buys land, they're not actually buying it. They're renting it. The Crown is supposed to be collecting rent from the corporations to go to we, the people. 
And if we don't like that corporation, then they're off our land. But nobody gets it. Just like in, I don't know, 1890 or something like that, Queen Victoria came to Ottawa and said, no Canadian citizen will pay a tax, ever. That's a citizen of Canada. Because back in the day, she knew that taxes were for governments, corporations, and foreigners. Yeah, that's why they want you to be a resident. Because when you're a resident, you're not a citizen. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, you're not even from here. Like a resident doctor shows up at a foreign hospital and does some kind of term training co-op experience type thing. And then they leave their residency once it's over and go back home. Yeah, so it, it brings up another point, too, when they bring you into court. Like, uh, you know, a lot of their stuff, they want to know what your residents are and they want to know what what your person is, you know, what's your business as a foreigner? Because well, they don't want to actually man in the, in the court. If people were to wake up and look what they're signing, most of the applications say full legal name of person or applicant. They don't even, they don't even play around. They tell you flat out full legal name. But yeah, once you realize what the word applicant means, realize that we're running around filling out all these applicant, uh, applications, submitting applications. It makes you think... Registration that, you application know, submission. Well, yeah, we, should, we shouldn't be signing anything. Anything with those three form. words on it, you shouldn't be signing. <laughs> Absolutely zero. Like, why would we sign anything unless it was something that was going to benefit us? Well, there's Two certain words. contracts that you that you would want to sign. Like, if your car breaks down and you're at the car rental place, it's the only car rental place in town, you never met anybody there, you don't have a phone, you don't know what you're going to do, it's nice to be able to show a driver's license and sign a contract and get a rental car least get to a hotel or something yeah well, that's what i mean as long as it yeah it's going to benefit but, yeah. if okay. you're uh a lot of times you think it's going to benefit you and it's not like the banks for one but if you're bored of your new car and your old car is only five years old mm -hmm. you don't really need to go and borrow more money to get another car now you're just binding yourself to another contract another list of rules some contracts are unavoidable, but I think people should stop signing unnecessary contracts. If you can rough it out for another three months and save up the rest of the month, the the rest of the money, rough it for three months and save the rest of the money. Don't go in debt. As soon as you go in debt, that's when you get laid off or something, and you start running into money problems. Now you're going to get two out of your three cars taken from you. Yeah, I'd like to live in a little more luxury, but the other side of that coin is I have far less headaches. 
I don't have to worry about a bank coming and taking my house. I don't have to worry about my car getting repossessed. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about Canada Revenue stealing my bank account. There's a lot of stuff I don't have to worry about just to avoid a little bit extra comfort. I can avoid all the headaches. Yeah, and then you actually have a little bit of time to do what you enjoy because you seem to be able to pray. What's the word? Prioritize? You know, your time? Yep. A little bit more. And you do have some free time, you know, when you, you're you not all tied up with all this other crap. <laughs> yeah, you do. I, I find that. And I like to keep busy. But uh, sometimes it's hard to keep things, you know, on a nice level, the exact level where you'd like to have it. But it's nice to be able to, you know, stay a little bit strong and say, I'm focusing on this or this, in which we do. You know, so it's, and it's a tight group. And it's all from the heart. I think it's really cool that we've got these these talk shows. Thank you, Carl. And everybody else, you know, that does Angela and all them. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think about stuff like if people had nothing really important going on in their life, no legal battles or anything like that, might be a good time to start researching IRS and Canada Revenue stuff and maybe slowly send one letter at a time here, send one there, just send a bunch of letters out and slowly get yourself out of the obligation of income tax. And then once you get out of the obligation of paying income tax, now you have, what, 30 40% of your income back? To me, that means less days of working, less struggling to pay bills. There's always something you could work on. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you're not being dragged into a criminal court or something like that. But yeah, yeah. if you got nothing really big to work on, just pick a big issue and just start attacking it very politely one letter at a time before you end up into a big situation. Just start laying the, the guide stones. Mm-hmm. Good points, Mike. Focus on something. Yep. Something that's important to you. Mm-hmm. Very good point. Thank you. Yeah, I got, uh, I got a million things I can go back and fix, but I deal with what's really important right now and just figure out what's the next big issue to solve, next big issue to solve. Just work my way down the list. I've got the rest of my life to fix stuff, protect myself from stuff in the future. Yeah, I'll admit it, I've done tons of stupid stuff in my day. There's no limit to the things I can go back and fix. Hey, we're all in the same boat, on this imperfect boat, so we might as well enjoy the ride, eh? Yeah, kind of, <laughs> in the days of my youth, I kind of went out of my way to do stupid things. <laughs> well, I think we've all got some stories that are our little secrets and we don't tell, but, you know, if we get real close to somebody, we might tell how stupid we really, really, really were. 
still there. I don't know anybody that can say they haven't been. Right? <laughs> as long as you've got a few, few good friends, you know, you can kind of hang on together. Right? Yep. You can see progress in everybody, can't you, you know? When you really when you're really paying attention, you know, when you you know, I, I know I struggle to um get to a lot of the talk shows and stuff, you know, because I know there's yours, Mike, and there's Carl's, you know, sometimes that I miss and stuff, even my own. I even miss my own sometimes. And uh but it's it's a fight, it's a struggle to to hang on, hey, you know. Like you were saying, you know, somebody's gone for a few months. You wonder whether they're okay, and everybody wonders together. And that's uh, that's a nice bond. I'm glad to be part of it. We got a lot of people. There's not a lot of new coming in, is there? Or am I just missing too many meetings? Are there a lot of new people coming in? Um, I think there's always new people coming in. I think there's. I've seen a few, but and a lot don't stay or whatever, but. The, uh, the group is definitely growing. Nice to see, you know. Guess Gus has got his own show, and I don't even know all the shows. That's how far behind I am. But it's nice to be hanging in, you know, with what you got. But uh, So I don't even know them all. There's Gus. And you say there's a Craig Lynch. Yeah, Craig Craig Lynch doesn't have a talk shoe call, as far as I'm aware of, but he does those YouTube videos. Oh, yeah. I don't know, every, uh, every time Carl has a show, there seems to be a few people that call in and say they just found out about him. Well, that's good, yeah. Carl's, you expect to see um, new ones coming all the time, right? I don't, I can't see that slowing down in any real hurry. Well, Angela's a good anchor. She, uh, I think she started her talk show call back in 2009 or something. She just had episode 301 on Thursday. That's cool. Some great connections out there, right? That's a nice group to be a part of, isn't it? Yeah, I don't even know how people find Angela's call. A lot of people find the other talk shoe calls stemming from Angela's call. Well, that's how I found Carl, was when he was on Angela's. And that was through Sovereign Warriors. It was kind of cool. I go back to him once in a while, check out small friends and stuff like that. Like, you know, like every group you make friends, eh? I kind of go back and visit say hi and, and, you know, try to send them our way, naturally. I think everybody's the same, too. You know, you spread good news, eh? I'm kind of whispering because Rin's gone to bed. I don't want to wake him up, so maybe I should call it a night. Not a night hawk. Okay with you guys? Hello? Yeah. 
the losers. Are you there? No, I'm not here. <laughs> You're not you. I'm whispering because I'm in a house where it's supposed to be quiet and I'm out wandering around. So I gotta get back to my room here. You just wanna call it a night? Hello? I'm tired. You're the only one that's talking. I thought I lost the whole show. Well, we might as well call it a night. Thanks, everybody, for coming. And, um, God willing, we'll see you you on tomorrow's, on on Carl's show. We'll see. Looking forward to to hearing something tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure John and Gus and them are all tired, and we'll get an update. I hope John's got a hell of an allocution, because that's it. That's his time to talk to the jury. Oh. And, uh, and you could bring up all kinds of stuff, like mm-hmm. uh, the fact that the the tax code changes four hundred fifty thousand freaking times every year, and that I can't be reading every one of the codes. Every time I step out the door and all this other crap and nobody's been harmed, no one's been injured by my actions, nobody's made a claim that I've done anything wrong, all kinds of stuff. He's got a jury he can bleed his heart to. Wow. The jury could be reminded of the fact that they get to determine the law of the case, you know, and the punishment. Mm-hmm. You know, you could also flip it back on them. This is, I'm sure every one of you people in the jury ha- hasn't read the entire tax code amendments, you know, up to date. And all this stuff could happen to you, too. So would you think it would be fair to uh, mm-hmm. to go to jail because you didn't file paperwork correctly? You know, stuff like that. You know, whatever he's got to do. I'll you got to remember too, you got to remember too though John has the disadvantage of getting kicked out of the courtroom having the jury getting kicked out of the courtroom and having the judge direct the jury at every turn Yeah All that judge is being paid that's for sure He's being paid to do all kinds of shit totally unlawful to do that. Well, yeah, and that reminds me of children's aid. You know, where they get their law from, who knows, or, you know, where they think they get it, and there's tons of people that they're backing them up, and it's just all crooked. They can put who, you know, they can find the, the specialist for this job and the specialist for that job, and this just happens to be the specialist for uh, the common man. Yeah, I can tell how it's 
maneuvered, you know, now that you're opening my eyes to see this stuff. I'm thinking, you know, you think, wow, even the judges are paid. Yeah, it's not just in the movies. <laughs> it's real. Well, it's absolutely, it's, it's a farce. You know, I, I see some stuff on YouTube, too, where even the judge spoke out of place, too, when uh, the jury came back with a not guilty and then the judge yelled at the jury, telling him that you got the, you got the law wrong. You're supposed to do this. But the jury's wow. like, not guilty. And I think I saw one, too, where this one guy got dragged into trial. And his whole defense was, show me the law that obligates me to file income tax. That's That was his whole case. And it came to the point where the jury would ask the judge, says the judge, you know, we're looking for the law that obligates him to uh, to pay income tax, you know, because there's, there's got to be a law, right? And the judge is like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you. So then the judge uh, eventually sent it to the jury, and it, it didn't it didn't state that. All, all it said was that if he's liable to pay federal tax, he's liable to pay uh, state tax. That was the statute that they got. So the jury acquitted him. And I think it was a it was a lady doing interview on YouTube. It was she was one of the jury jurors. So now you see some stuff like that pop all over the place. Mm-hmm. Can't expect me to know your entire freaking code. So you show me where the obligation is. This is the this is the trial. Where's the obligation? Which gets down to the trick where if they're making a claim or a complaint or whatever, they bear the burden of proving it, except that they trick you into petitioning an unfair assessment. Yeah. Now you're the petitioner. Now the burden of proof is shifted onto you. Yeah. But I think a lot of the state courts, too, are, are, are switching up. Well, they, they can lien your property and they can lien anything, but they can't actually take anything, right? But they'll go and throw roadblock, roadblocks in. I think Carl was talking about that, too, how to get rid of a, a lien. You know, uh, how you send the, the one who's, who, who, who put the lien, because obviously the lien has got a signature on it. And you start sending letters to whoever put that lien up. You tell them that this lien is causing me harm. Then you drag them into your own cart, and you make them prove the the fact that uh, that the lien was lawful. Oh, you say it's a tax, eh? Oh, you say it's an obligation. What obligation? <laughs> so it depends on what court you bring them into, right? And who you deal with. Lots of ways to go and skin that cat. But Carl covers a lot of different angles. Sometimes it's really hard to follow him. He says a lot of things with very few words. And he could talk for hours. <laughs> so, let alone understanding what he says, but actually really understanding what he says. Fuck, that takes a long time. Well, and then uh, Dennis Edwards breaking them down. Can you imagine? 
the work that would take? Just five just, hours of it. <laughs> he is just really Carl's first. Just Carl's first ten episodes. You know, his first ten episodes. I bet you, it it would take you know. It would take months and months and months just to study everything that was said in that in those episodes. You'd have to break down every every sentence. He was all over the place. Well, and he he oh. he states it correctly too. You know, he doesn't yeah. use sloppy language. Yeah, yeah. So you have to pay attention to the language he uses as well, mm-hmm. because all that they're, they're like all these lawyers and judges, they're all freaking word nerds. And if you don't know the words, well, you know, you're 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 at a very steep disadvantage. So. Make them prove their words. Make them explain themselves. Mm-hmm. And then when you say something, well, it keep it simple, two syllables, and make sure it doesn't have 15 freaking meanings. Right. Like, what a plan that's fallen into place for them, eh? For them, for they, for whoever you want to call them, whether it be government or whatever, you know what I mean? How if you know how to it, deal with how, people. Like how they, yeah, how they set it up, and you know, for centuries and centuries, you know, the people fell in, you know, slid into it. And now they're just starting to wake up, eh? Nice it's crazy plan. stupid. Nice like, plan. <laughs> common law is a, is a very complicated system because you could you can incriminate yourself based on your own beliefs, and they get you to convict your, convict yourself left, right, and center. Where you get a lot of civil laws, that everything has to be expressed, right? So when they come after you with codes, it has to be expressed, and uh, as long as you don't bring a belief into it, well, they have to prove it applies. Not my belief, it's your belief, so prove your case. I wasn't driving, I was uh, walking my dog. (laughs) It's a motor vehicle. Well, I call it my dog. And I call it, and it is property. It's just driving motor vehicle bullshit. Yeah, when the pieces start coming together, it's pretty, um, pretty cool, pretty, um, pretty hard to explain. You know the feeling when little pieces start coming together, and, and then you get a few more, and it's never ending, eh? Life is never ending. So, um, mm-hmm. it's nice to to get all this information. Appreciate it very much. Nice to get on recording too. Well, everybody, everybody doing Carl stuff wants to get to the point where they're just let alone. You know, let me alone. Go do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. We're square. I ain't threatening nobody. I ain't hurt nobody. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I see your game to extract money out of me, and I ain't playing. And if you force me to play, well, it's going to cost you, because uh, time is money. Mm-hmm. 
point? Unfortunately, it took going to court to get to this point, but now we understand each other, right, Bob? I'm going to be using my car to go from point A to point B, and your subordinates are going to be trained and monitored and disciplined, and we now have an understanding. I'm not part of your team. You're not part of my team. We just coexist separately. There's 99.9% of the population are suckers. Go pick yeah. somebody else. And I'm going to work really hard to make sure that that number decreases. <laughs> but, you know, you already see the system failing, you know. People ain't got no money no more. Governments are hungry. Where's all the, where, where, where's all the assets going? Not all going to the government, that's for sure. What about all those banks, those all those uh, institutions, insurance companies, pharmaceuticals, people that own hospitals that that are extracting so much money out of the, out of the community, and because they hire doctors and nurses, you give them tax breaks. They're taking more out of the system than you know the people are. Why are the people paying all the taxes? Because the people volunteer. Yeah. So it gets to that point. When the people ain't got nothing left, where's the government going to go get their money? From a corporation? Good luck. They got all the money. What are they going to do? They're going to pick up and leave. I guess we're done here. I'm going to Malibu or wherever. I'll go and set up shop somewhere else. Not sure if I follow that part. How would the government just get up and move somewhere else? Not the government. The uh, corporations. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, like, that I understand, yeah. They're going to go and, and move their plants to a third world country where they can right. get the kids to work for 10 cents an hour. Right, right. To to increase profits and, and evade taxes. What a system. is pretty interesting. I've been busy raising four kids. That's my excuse. I think i got the best excuse in the world, but it's really interesting learning this stuff. Canada's kind of nice. We have all this natural resources, and we have very low pop, uh, you know, population density. There's just mm -hmm. so much land for the taking. Just go and go and take it. Go and do something. You know, I'd move out in the bush in the middle of nowhere. But I would miss the internet too much. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying. But if I had to, fuck yeah. But you got to see how it's much easier to have water coming straight to your house, having the garbage truck come and take your garbage away, have your roads plowed. Yeah, age does matter. It's just so much more convenient to live in the city, so everybody does it, but they bitch that they're living in the city. 
So I'd be happy with something about 10, 10 kilometers, 10 miles outside of town, some acreage. I'd be happy with that. Yeah. They'd just leave you alone. Well, not necessarily, but... In southern Ontario, really, it's it's very dense in population. So, even 30 minutes outside of town, you're, they're still bugging you. But learning to deal with municipalities is another issue, right? It's mm-hmm. you're getting a service, the roads are getting plowed, your garbage is getting picked up. You know what more can you want? That's worth something. So if it costs you five hundred bucks a year. Yeah, yeah. Deal. Yeah. To me it's that's worth it. It's a good investment. Have a shower, flush your toilet once in a while is nice, yeah. Yeah. You, know, you got sewers, you got water, you got whatever. Well, this is Canada, really. Technically, nobody really needs water. They force it down people's throats anyway. Mm-hmm. You dig four feet in the ground, you're going to hit the water table in probably half of the country. Yeah, but they got ways around that. They'll just throw up a bylaw. You can't collect rain in a barrel. The people will fall for it. Yeah, it's BS. It is. Just like here, they're they're pushing everybody to get uh, hooked up to the water, and the uh, water treatment plant in town is uh, is falling apart. So they want to put a new water treatment plant. Who do you, who do you think is going to pay for it? Everybody's hooked up to the water. Mm-hmm. So they're you know they're forcing the the water meters and the you know like shit like. We, the lady downstairs and the landlord, you know, they're getting harassed by the town to go get, to get hooked up to the water. And they live on the frippin', flippin' lake. They have a pipe that runs right into the water. Like, we don't need water. We've got water in our backyard. They can't go door to door forcing your services on people. Told you once, I told you a million times, I don't need to buy an encyclopedia set. Take your vacuum cleaner to the neighbor. I don't. I don't want to buy it. You know, they they call it you know improving the community, but really, not everybody you know wants. Like every household has access to water. You know, just because you want to run a pipe down the down the center of the street doesn't mean that, you know, I'm going to want to hook up to it. Mm-hmm. Most people have wells. They have, uh, you know, this shit costs money to, to dig up. And they have filtration systems and UV systems and whatever they need to do to make sure the water's good. You know, shit, we, we got this covered. And they start charging people for using water. Well, there's no shortage of water here in Canada. Well, let's say I live on a big hunk of land 
who has the right to tell me I can't dig a massive pond in my backyard connected up to the creek which flows into the river mm-hmm. just have oh, my yeah. own mini wetland in my own backyard yeah yeah watch out for the ministry for that <laughs> mm-hmm. ministry of natural resources will jump in they're a nasty bunch of people to deal with hopefully they bring their uh their letter from God, their bill of sale, or whatever they got. Oh yeah, they they got no real authority, but they they do threaten a lot of people and take people to court. Yep. And we got something called the Niagara Escarpment here, which is like some uh, some ridge of rock. What happens is that the uh, underneath is really soft compared to the rock on top, so anything you really build on it doesn't have a good foundation. So they they go around claiming a bunch you know sections of people's property all over the place and then say you can't build anything here, even though it's already got houses and barns and all this other stuff. But if it falls down, you can't rebuild it. But then again, it's a voluntary system too, where they have to approach you and and and, and ask you. But usually they approach you and they force you, or they take you to court. Or they make an application, they ask you to show up, and then you don't rebut it. You don't say no. Well, it's the same thing. You go and you you get a hunk of land, and it's all assessed at a certain value, whatever. And then you build a house on it, and now they come banging on your door. Oh, can we assess your property now? No. Where in the code does it even say that you're allowed to come door to door? soliciting your services on me. If I want an assessment done, I know where you guys are. Yeah. Well, the, the townships have a, they have it misconstrued. They think the land and everything on it belongs to them. But technically, it's just the land itself. The yeah. house is my property. I put I put that there. I put that barn, I put that driveway, I put that slab of cement. I created that. That would not have occurred without my effort. And I'm not going to pay continual tax on something that belongs exclusively to me. <laughs> what do you mean an improvement on the land? I don't see an improvement on the land. I see my property that I created on the land. That's correct. That I already paid for. That's where Carl got that one argument, too, where it's like, you know, oh, oh, you want the house, do you? Oh, I pay the mortgage, you want the house? Well, great. You've got 10 days to come and get that freaking house off my land. Yep. That's all that you own. That's all the mortgage is for us for the house. Yep. Yeah, the house is becoming a pain in the ass. Come take the house. I can't wait to build a cabin here. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. I've heard of all kinds of crazy stuff that people have pulled. I think that one actually does work. I uh, I work with some crazy old guy. He used to, uh, <laughs> I don't know, he was almost 60 years old, and he probably spent 40, 50 years of his life throwing monkey wrenches into everybody's system. But he, uh, I don't know if it's true or not, but he told me in this story once where uh, he had a problem with the gas company. And he just he just told them get out here, get your equipment out here, and get your pipes out of my gr- out of my front lawn. 
Like, I don't want natural gas. I don't use your natural gas. I want your property off of my property or out of my property. And apparently the gas company came and they took all the pipes out of his ground. Yeah, that's so cool. That guy used to tell all kinds of stories. I don't know how many of them were true, but he told me he actually did that. I laughed so hard when he told me. Well, town water is the same thing, too. You know, technically you don't need to be hooked up to it. Although, digging a well in the middle of uh, Toronto, you're not going to get some good water. But <laughs> but when you live out in a rural area, you know, like hell. I don't See, even if I was in Toronto, if I had the money to do it and the know-how, I would do it just to be an asshole. Build myself a well and put a little purification center right beside it, and away I go. Yeah, that's a two-day process. Man, you'll piss off all your neighbors. <laughs> this big truck comes and pounds a big steel post down into the ground, you know, 100 feet or so until they find, you know, enough water to sustain a certain amount of gallons per minute. Well, as long as it's between business hours, I don't think anybody can really say anything. That is correct not going to be doing it at 3 in the morning or anything ridiculous. Yep. Another way of looking at it is I wouldn't be aiming to piss off my neighbors. I'd want my neighbors to have my back. Yeah. I want my neighbors to say, wow, that Mike guy's a little bit crazy, but I see what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Although the, the cost of having to go and, and put... The, the well in, um, you're not going to make that money back in your lifetime. Better than paying that what are the fifty dollars a month? That costs several thousands to get one of those put in. It's a long-term investment, but I think in that city too, they tie the water and the sewer together. Technically, you still have the sewer. I think you still got to pay for the water as well. And most, I know most properties in the city don't have enough space to put a, a septic system in. <laughs> I think they also tie in the, like garbage uh, trash removal. So if you quit paying your water bill, they quit picking up your trash. Yeah. Yeah, you can straighten that all out with letters beforehand too, though. Tell them you want a breakdown of what your taxes go towards. <clears throat> Start haggling with them. Every municipality is different. Like, for example, here, um, you're only allowed one garbage bag a week. And every other additional garbage bag, you're going to pay like $2.50 to buy a tag. Unless and you tell them that it's a two-family home. That doubles your bag capacity. Get a trash compactor. One 400-pound bag. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they have, uh, I don't know if it's the same everywhere, but here they have uh, restrictions on weight, too. Yeah. You can't get the the little girl doing her high school co-op to uh, lift 80-pound bags. And you certainly wouldn't fill a garbage bag full of bowling balls and expect them to take it. 
<laughs> yeah, here they have these uh, oops stickers. And it's a big bright orange or a big bright pink sticker, and they'll slap it anywhere they can. If you have, uh, if you have like one tin can in your recycling box with the newspapers, instead of just throwing the can in the recycling section and dumping the newspapers, they'll just pull out a sticker and say, "Oops, wrong stuff," because you didn't sort your uh, recyclables properly. So you'll get an "Oops" sticker if the bag breaks, if the bag's too heavy. If, uh, I don't know. Well, here they don't even care. But I think, I think here in the municipality, I think they make it look like they're taking your recycle. But I think they're really taking it to the dump. <laughs> A lot of times they do that too. They, yeah, they don't even, they don't even sort it. Everything goes into one spot. And I was yeah, kind of shocked of people... at that. I'm like, wait, you know, I went through the, a lot yeah. of people think that you can recycle milk cartons and drinking boxes and plastic bags, but you can't. They don't recycle any of that. Like even plastic bottles, there's so many different kinds of plastic out there, and they're not going to look at the bottom of every plastic bottle to decide if it's if it's uh, this kind of plastic or that kind of plastic. They just throw it all out. What they're really after is like the the, the steel cans, yeah, and the pa and and the cardboard and the paper, that kind of stuff. Because they could just make new paper, new new steel, new aluminum. Yeah, anything they can pretty much melt down, skim, and repour, they'll use. And if you got enough, if you've got enough freaking land. Don't even need to recycle. Just uh, get yourself a bunch of trailers and sort your own trash. And once you got a full trailer full of steel cans, just take it to the scrapyard and you'll get paid top dollar for it. Why are you giving it away? You can make money off of this. Like a yeah, even uh, build a mini, I don't know if you call it a smelter or whatever, but stuff like aluminum cans, they're so easy to melt and make aluminum bars out of. Easy to store, small and compact. Well, aluminum's a little tricky. It's when you melt it, it, it oxidizes really quickly. But you wouldn't get a really pure bar either. They have refineries to do it specific, like certain metals react differently. Yeah, it's mostly a matter of skimming it, getting it close. Yeah. But they're not going to whine and bitch those old, those old guys at the uh, scrapyard. They see a bunch of aluminum bars. They know it's aluminum. They know what it's worth. They weigh it and pay you. Well, they have one of those uh, those laser or whatever readers that give you the um, purity of the metal also. Just get a yeah. can crusher. Like, geez, what do you want to melt it for? <laughs> Just crush the damn can. Like... Yeah, but there's more to it than cans, too. You can do aluminum, copper, anything with a low melt value is easy to make bars out of. Yeah, copper is worth quite a bit. Yeah, brass is worth quite a bit, but there's different types of brass, too. Well, it's a mixture of two uh, two metals, so yeah. it depends on the concentration. 
was brass. It's a mixture of iron and copper, right? I think so, yeah. But I think it can also have all kinds of stuff in it, too. You can get into all kinds of brass alloys and you can pretty much mix anything in there you want. Yeah, technically, if it's an alloy, it's got something mixed into it, so it's technically not pure brass anymore. Yeah. Technically, you're getting too deep for me. <laughs> what was that? I said, technically, you're getting too deep for me. Alloids and neurons, and you sound like you're uh, aliens. <laughs> yeah, we have lots of knowledge. We're just sharing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm trying to keep up with you. I know it's 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 amazing when you when you guys get on a certain subject, eh? Oh, shit, we just talk. It's so easy to just keep talking. I know. I'm still trying to follow you here. But I think I'm almost ready to call it a night, guys. You want me to just but, leave leave the phone on or something? Or It's already been four hours, so it's entirely up to you. Yeah, I'm getting kind of bushed. Yeah. I, don't wanna... I don't even know who's still on the call. Um... Lost. Over extends on. Good night, everybody. Yeah, yeah Brian. Good night. Good night. Well, now that Ron's on, it's the three of us and Brian. Brian's probably sleeping. <laughs> and he said he falls asleep with the phone there or something, eh? I'm here, but I, yeah, I'm going to be going to bed soon. Thanks. Uh, welcome back to Land of Living. Well, I'm, I'm going back to the land of sleeping soon. <laughs> oh, Who's guest three? The Cheyenne? Cheyenne, yeah. Yeah. Maybe she's sleeping too. Maybe everybody's pretending to be on except the few. <laughs> but I, I'm going down. I'm not uh, not going to fall asleep listening to you. Hmm. So, anyway, Heard enough. No worries. It's been a super night, super night, loads of information, okay? Lots for me anyway. Really no a lot of a lot of information on, on quite a few different subjects, I think. And I yeah, think we can, we're kind of, all, we're, we're getting to be like Carl where we get to go all over the map. Well, this is what we're trained, eh? Next week I want to talk more about snowmobiles and otters, sea otters. <laughs> well, hey, we, we we got a good teacher, and if we can get as sharp as Carl on everything, I think we'll be doing okay. Don't you think? Well, it's just a matter of forming your own opinion. Yeah, Carl's got a lot to talk about. He's got he's got his opinion. He's given his opinion, mm-hmm. his law, his beliefs, his you know his stuff. Mm-hmm. But he's got a lot of background thing, or background stuff that makes his least very reasonable. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one that one thing I think that uh, helps me piss people off is I've figured out that everything is belief and opinion. Yeah. Nothing can be proven. A lot of people have a hard time figuring that out, and everybody gets mad at me. Well, that's yep. true. Because it's technically impossible to prove anything. And everything is an opinion or a belief. 
And just about everything we ever come up with is based off an opinion or a belief of somebody that came before us. Like no matter how much research I do, I'm reading somebody else's book or watching somebody else's YouTube video or listening to somebody else's opinions on a talk shoe call. Yep. All my opinions are based off of other people's beliefs and opinions. If it makes sense to me, I believe it. It's true to me. Yep. And that's why we're so effed up when they take us to court. Bombarded with all 10 million people's freaking opinion, and we don't have our own opinion. Yep. Because they've got all their opinions organized. That's correct. Well, anyways, it's good talking to you. Good night, everyone. I look forward to to hearing some good stuff tomorrow. Hey, you guys! You guys have some great conversations. I'm just thrilled to be able to to listen to them. You know, seriously. You might kind of go on tangents. <laughs> <laughs> He calls me up for one thing, and we're on the phone for like six hours. <laughs> well, I mean, are, you know, you, we appreciate it. It's a good conversation, you know. It's not like a bunch of guys at the bar are going to beat the shit out of each other or see who's the, the biggest. You know, it's so much fun, really. And I, I think I would like to listen to it over again because there's so many points that are new to me, like you lost me in many places. So thank you very much. No problem. You know, I just started writing down, you know, can't keep up with you, so I'm just going to forget about it for now, maybe listen to it again, but uh, well, I If it became it. relevant, Pardon me? then, you, then it, 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 would, it would sink in. Like most yeah. people wouldn't even cross their mind about mm-hmm. scrapping their, their recycles and taking it to the to the scrapyard. Or yeah. telling somebody to come and get the pipes, you know, out of your front yard. Yeah. You know, our contract's over or whatever. <laughs> well, I think that's one of the funniest things around, though, is uh, if the bank says we're taking your house because you didn't pay for it, no problem. Let me know, let me know what day you're coming to take it. <clears throat> oh, that, that reminds me, too, uh, my, my mom's boyfriend. He, uh, he wanted to get a propane tank in the backyard so he can run a, a gas fireplace in this place out in the boonies. So he went and got this contract from this company to go and rent out this propane tank. So you read the contract, and this guy's not, he's not a moron. And then uh, once he got the propane in, uh, the, uh, got the tank in, they imposed a, uh, an extremely high propane cost. And they said, well, you have to buy all of your propane from us. And uh, he looked at the contract, and it, that's not what it said on the contract, because they were charging like two bucks more a freaking gallon than everybody else. So he called them up and says, you know, that's not within the contract, and if that's your belief, uh, come and get your freaking tank. <laughs> and he had them come and take it. So he went and got a tank from somebody else, but then he read the contract that says you have to buy from us, but we're going to give you a certain, a really low rate, and they agreed on a, a certain rate, 
which was fine, right? But uh, at least this time he got to negotiate the terms of the contract, and he has to actually use a certain, like, he gets a really low rate, but he has to use a certain amount of propane every month, or else he doesn't get that rate anymore. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's it, like, it's all negotiation, and, and it's got to be expressed and on paper, because really you can't can't really take someone to court over not buying freaking propane from you or something. You know, yeah, it's got to be expressive. Yeah, if you file a claim against somebody and it's all he said, she said, you're in trouble. Yep. That's why a good contract is expressed. That's why you should be reading all this stuff. And anything that looks fishy, you're going to have to ask, what does this mean? What does that mean? Or strike stuff out. I don't like this part. We're going to get rid of this part. Yeah, what does number four mean? Oh, I don't know. Well, if you don't know what it means and I don't know what it means, it doesn't really concern either one of us. Just cross it right off. Yep. If you can't tell me what it means, it's obviously not important to you either. Yep. I said I went and got one of those uh, pay-as-you-go credit cards, you know, where you go and you don't actually apply for credit. It's a card that you just load yeah, it's like, yeah, just like a prepaid phone card type thing, right? Or gift yeah. card, whatever. Yeah, so I read the contract really thoroughly, and I read it, and I read it, and I got to the last two clauses. I think <laughs> one, of the cl- one clause said that I had to give them my uh, social insurance number for tax purposes, et cetera, et cetera. So I didn't like that, so I crossed that out, and, that's, and, the, and then the... Uh, the last one says I had to submit to a credit report. So, oh, submit to a credit report for money that I'm going to put on a card that I can't that I can't go into overdraft. Yeah. Well, I'm not exactly getting credit here, so I crossed that out too. Gave it back to the lady, and she's like, uh, "I can't accept this." I'm like, "Well, why not?" She's like, "Well, you went and crossed stuff out. We have to. You have to be in full. You have to fully accept the contract." I'm like. Well, based on what the contract is right now, I'm full acceptance of the contract. So if you don't have the authority to do it, go take it to a manager. And she says, oh, we can't do it. We have policy. We can't accept anything that's been altered. So it's like, really? You can't just go and stick it in that machine and fax it to the head company as if, you know, I'm, uh, as if they can't make the decision. So anyways, at that point, it's just like, you know what, just... Just give it back to me, and they gave it back to me, and I tore it up. Because technically, I signed it, so it's my, it's my contract. It was my offer. So I, I tore it up and I said, "Have a nice day." <laughs> yeah, if the other side wrote the contract. You're the one that's getting screwed, and if they're not allowing you to make any changes, then it's a complete one-sided contract. They're yeah. going to get you one way or another. An unlawful contract. If you can't, if you can't negotiate, then uh, we, I, I don't want it. There's got to be some give and take, some sort of trust. Right? Well, especially when the big kickers are the last two clauses. And the thing is, those last two clauses has absolutely nothing to do with my liability to whatever this company is. I'd have to pay like six dollars a month 
or whatever to have this this card it existed and every dollar I put on the card would come out of my pocket so technically they're not losing anywhere they're getting six bucks from me and then they're doing you know whatever stuff that's got to get paid and I'm gonna pay them but I didn't like the last two parts because for one I didn't I don't give my I don't give a social insurance number for anything because that has to do with uh, you know, persons and income tax and F those guys. And uh, secondly, you know, F the credit report because I'm not applying for credit. I'm asking for a contract. I'm not asking you for, for credit. I'm not getting a loan. So. Yeah, if there's a screw up in their favor, they get your $5,000, $50,000, whatever. But if there's a screw up in your favor, they only lose six bucks. Yeah, whatever they monetize the contract or whatever. I don't, I don't give a crap what the hell they do. But who wants credit anyway? For me, I wanted the card just so I could buy crap online. You know, because yeah. you you got to go on PayPal and they want credit card or they want whatever. You know, it's easier just to have a card that you can use. But technically, you can go to like Money Mart and you can buy those little, like a $50 card or a $100 card for like 110 bucks or something, and then you can spend like 100 bucks. Well, like apparently, you can get some kind of PayPal credit card and some kind of PayPal debit card now, too. Yeah. Well, PayPal is a bitch, too, eh? Have you ever heard of the, the chargebacks? Don't think so. Yeah. Well, there's a, you know, for example, people that stream online, like on Twitch TV or something, they might have like a donation button. Like Carl. Carl's got a donation button for PayPal. So it means Carl's got a PayPal account. So that means whatever people donate goes into the PayPal account. And then they link that PayPal account to uh, actual account like a bank account. Yeah. And you can go to the PayPal account and you just transfer it into your account, right? Yeah, that's what I have. But they got this policy I found out with PayPal that if if someone makes a complaint that uh, they accidentally sent money or they didn't want to send money or they're, they're unhappy with something, PayPal will freeze the PayPal account and then they'll freeze your bank accounts and do an investigation. And regardless of whether someone's just being a dick and wants to take their money back, PayPal will just send the money back. So the only way to protect yourself is you actually have to make two bank accounts. You have to get a PayPal account, transfer it to the regular account, then you got to go to that account, and then you transfer it to a different bank account. Or else PayPal will take whatever's in your bank account, freeze your freeze that account or whatever. Like, say it was your only bank account. Well, shit, you can't make your mortgage payments this month because somebody decided to back charge a $1 donation. You know what I mean? I think in a case like that, it would make more sense to write to PayPal and just say, yeah, I heard this is what you guys commonly do, and I don't recommend you do it to me because of this, 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 and this. But that's but that's the thing too. Like you know, a lot of these companies, they have these really loosely worded contracts, 
You have to apply to get a PayPal account, to get a PayPal button or whatever. And that's probably within their rules. So, or whatever they set up, you know, although it's shit. But it's still, it's just not, it's not like PayPal's been around for a hundred years. You know what I mean? Their shit's pretty recent. So, of course, they're going to have kinks and everything. Just thought I'd share it. I, I really think it's important for everybody to have one account that's not tied to anything. Just get one bank account. That way you could uh, you could take cash out of one account and just go put it in that account and make sure there's no SIN number or social security number attached to it. And it's an, it's an invisible account. That way if you don't pay your taxes or you don't do whatever, uh, at least you, you could you know, pay your mortgage. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, Excellent point. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been thinking of uh, getting an account without a social insurance number on it. I haven't really looked into it that hard yet, but it's easy, Mike. I've got I've had one for uh, eight years. It's never been touched. I've had all my accounts seized, you know, you name it. They can't see it. Nobody sees it. Well, I think everybody needs one of them. Yeah, well, it's it's a nice little safety net. Mm -hmm. there's, there's no requirement. The only thing that's that, that they need for opening a bank account really is a birth certificate. And uh, something with your address on it. I don't even think you need a freaking driver's license, but something with, like mail. If you got mail with your with your name, and that address, that'll be sufficient. They just need a name and address. It's the only required things. Because there are people that don't drive, so they're not going to have a driver's license. There are people who don't have a health card. Well, technically, health card is not government. You can't use it as government issue ID. Even though it's got your name and picture on it, it's not considered government identification. I think something has something to do with uh, the difference between person and individual, but it's just my opinion. But uh, anything that's not required to to live, really, you don't really need that to get an account. You say you're Amish. <laughs> I got a ride here. I I drive a, a horse and buggy. I don't have a social insurance number. <laughs> but it's easy. But they need uh I think they need a social insurance number to do a credit check if they want to do a credit check. See what kind of person you are. But uh, that's just an investment. Just don't go and apply for loans and shit. Although I have been approached. I've had people come up and say, you want a credit card or <laughs> you want whatever. And that comes with a contract that I don't feel like signing.
F credit cards anyway. Interest is, is killer. I helped my mom get out of debt years ago. She uh she had over ten thousand dollars in credit card debt. And she had like eight different cards. And all she did was make minimum payments. I'm like, you're freaking ridiculous. You're only paying like 5% of the capital. So, uh... So I paid it off. And, uh... She still has to pay me back, but that's beside the point. <laughs> it's my mom. I'll get it. I'll get it eventually. Just stuff you do for family, right? You do. You do everything in your power. That's correct. You do. Yeah, if you can't break your mom's kneecaps, whose can you break? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know my mom well. <laughs> I know how. I know how to get the guilt trip going. <laughs> well, you know, learning about the Bible has showed me how crucial it is in these days, especially for family to stick together. Family is falling apart, and that's what's wrong. That's where it all started. That's the foundation of the country. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's, you know, it's a fight to stick together for whatever reason. And people are like us are starting to see, kind of, you know, we're just starting to see now. Must come with, uh, you know, everybody gets mature at a different time. But um, like you say, a lot of people are starting to see. That's pretty cool. It's a pretty good trip to be on. You know, becoming a responsible man or a woman, mm-hmm. I think it's very, it's very empowering. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're in control of your own universe. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. You know, you're in control. I don't, I don't need, I don't need to be babysat. I make my own decisions. Yeah. <sighs> well, guys, I think I said about a half an hour ago. All right. Good night, Sonia. <laughs> I think I'm down for the count. Yep. Good okay. night, everyone. Thanks so much. You know, you couldn't go to a theater in the world and have a better show as far as I'm concerned. It's been a great night. I don't know. I consider it just running my mouth, but thank you. Okay. Well, <laughs> keep running. <laughs> You'll keep us keep us running, too. Thanks so much, everybody. Yep, thank you. See you okay. later, Mike. See you later. Probably, uh, hopefully, see you guys tomorrow on Carl's call. Yeah, if we get one. You know, if if Carl does one of those, uh, if he just posts his phone calls up, that would be enough for me because that last one was really good. But uh, yep. Gianna lady, mm-hmm. if he's on the phone for like forty hours a week, you know, just post the four phone calls. Shit, you know, there's a lot of information there that we can learn from. We don't need. Exactly. You know, quick Q&A time where we got the people who never listened to any of the calls come in mm-hmm. and say, what's a claim? What's, you know, how do I file a claim? You know? Yeah. And then they use all the word, wrong words. And it's like assume. and It's like, ugh. Oh. 
That's the big one that gets me now. Every time I hear the word assume, I automatically yeah. correct you. <laughs> and I hear it all the time. Holy shit, people use it all the freaking time. And it sticks out like a sore thumb. I'm like, you mean presume, right? You're not assuming a debt. You're not you're not taking on a liability, right? You're you're you're, you're taking a guess, correct? Some, it, it could be mistaken. <laughs> so yeah, my sisters my sisters in our end, and I've got her to the point where she rolls her eyes at me. <laughs> like she's you're in our end. You're gonna have to use these words properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny when uh, it's funny when somebody's talking to you and they use the wrong word and you give them that look and they're like, "Oops!" and they stop talking and correct themselves. <laughs> and be careful what I say in front of Terry; he's going to jump on me. <laughs> well, I had that with my neighbor. You know, I was pacing. You know, back when I was starting to learn all this stuff, I always go down and drink coffee because I was a I was a mess. Like, I was just a huge stress ball. I lost weight. I wasn't sleeping. So I'd go down and talk to my neighbor, and we'd have word of the day. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd break down different words. And then I'd deliberate with her, right? And of course, she brings out her dictionary, and she's got one of those little revised mini dictionaries. The pocket like, Oxford? Only... Yeah, it's full of synonyms. Like, there's not a single definition in there. And if there is a definition, it's like three words long. It's not, and it's not it's not concise. So, uh, so yeah. So, that, that that's fun. We have fun with her. She's, she's like, you know, approaching 80, so she's not a, she's not a moron. She's actually pretty, very intelligent woman. Like a grandma figure for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, we all have them. We all love them dearly. That's what oh, yeah. life is all about. That's for sure. That's what I mean about the family. Well, guys, I am down. Good night. <laughs> Good night. Good night, Mike. Bye. Good night. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.